Welcome to the Bet with Chet podcast. I am Kyle Forchetti alongside my usual guests, Alex Dalvecchio and Brian Twofly Campbell. It's good to be back uh, after a couple month layoff. And, uh, you know, a lot has happened, obviously, since the last time that we were on post Super Bowl of the 2021 season. And this is really just before a lot of the big season or off season trades took place. And we could definitely get into that because that's most likely going to change our uh, our forecast for the 2022 season in terms of predictions. So, uh, first of all, welcome back, guys. Good to have you back. Oh, it's a pleasure. Back. Oh, it's a pleasure. Let me tell you. Is it just me or does the off season just go by quicker and quicker these days because there's always something going on in the NFL? Uh, the draft is <clears> – some, some fans consider the draft the best part well, of the NFL for them. Well, you know, two things. One, I mean, don't forget the Super Bowl is now basically two or three full weeks later than it used to be when we were younger, you know, and it's only going to go deeper. But when was the Super Bowl? It was like in the teens of February this year, right? Yeah. It was like February 13, right? You know, yeah. I remember years where the Super Bowl was like January 30th, you know, and then other years, like the latest you would get it is February 6th. So the off season is shorter. But the way the NFL has just turned everything into a fucking machine to where it's like, oh, okay, the season's done. Okay, now free agency on March 5. Okay, now there's combines, there's free agency, you know, now the draft is here. It's ba- I mean, the NFL does such a good job of marketing itself that it almost feels like there is no offseason, even though there clearly is, you know? The draft is a monster, man. I remember back in the day, Campbell, we had the uh, luxury to go to the NFL draft and the early to mid 2000s and i mean obviously that was radio, radio city music hall you could fit i don't know maybe a couple hundred people in there but now it's a it's a annually huge event i mean talking about having it in las vegas stadiums now so uh you could just kind of talk about how you've seen the growth of the nfl draft in terms of you know notoriety oh. you know a lot more betting is going on it too Wait, were I mean, you with us at those chat i'm sorry you keep going okay yeah. I remember. I remember the first one we went to at the Jacob Javits Center. Uh, right. Like, I walked. I, I waited. The whole, it, it was back uh, before, like, they split it into three days. So, like, the first day was the first, second, and third round. And that first day, like, waited the whole first round because the Jets didn't have a first round pick. Mike Nugent. And we took Mike Nugent with our first pick in the yeah. entire draft. <laughs> yes, it is the Four biggest months. disappointment ever. And I don't know if you remember this, Campbell. Back in the day, if you st- we didn't do this, but if you stayed on the second day of the draft, you got free tickets the next year. So think about how much has changed in the NFL in terms of how big of an event this is, and how it's truly you know a huge part of not just you know the off season but the NFL franchise in general. Oh yeah, it's- I mean now now they're shutting down entire like city blocks for it, like. But it's also changed how teams draft, you know, like the, the start of the second round has become a monster. Like there's a lot of trades now, you know, because that, that 24 hour gap, you know, when GMs are just sitting on their hands, you know, like the Giants have traded up to that top pick once. Uh, I mean, I bet you the top five picks of this year in round two are going to get traded again because the depth of this draft is so good, you know, and that day gap just has fundamentally changed the draft to where, you know, Man, not only that, man. I mean, think about how there used to be like six players total that were even at Radio City Music Hall. Now it's like 25 a day. 
you know, like even the third, through, the fourth through seventh rounders, you know, they invite like 50 guys when they know you're getting drafted. Yeah, well, you, you spoke about rankings there specifically, and this draft is definitely strong in, in some positions. You would argue offensive line, wide receiver, two of the deepest positions of this draft, as well as a corner, but um, quarterback rankings, not that good. You talked about the, you know, end of the first round, early in the second round. It's kind of where a lot of those quarterbacks are ranked. If you look at the top overall rankings, you know, they're in the in the late 30s, early 40s, 50s. So I think I don't know if teams are going to want to trade up into the bottom of the first round to, you know, exercise that fifth year option because you, you do have that um, just to hang on to, you know, a premier position like a quarterback for an extra year and to kind of see if they develop uh, like you'd like them to. But uh, kind of talk about the quarterbacks this year. Now it's a very, very weak class. We don't even know if we're going to have a quarterback in the top 20. I can't remember the last time that's happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty weak quarterback class. Well, I, yeah. I want to bring up to the, the point you were talking making about the first round and, like, the fifth-year option. Like, I, I was listening um, to ESPN Radio the other day, and they were talking about uh, position hit rates. And there's only three positions since the – since the 2000 draft where the first round pick has signed a second contract uh, with the team that drafted them. That's over 50%. Uh, and that would be um, center linebacker and offensive tackle. Mm. So there's really not a lot of second contracts being seen with these first rounds. I don't know if you want to consider them misses or um, not worth are just not worth the money that would be expected in a second round pick that they're being traded away. But like some, like reaching into the bottom of that first round is not always the best idea. It's very true. And you, you talk about a premier position like quarterback. It's a crapshoot sometimes. You look at the, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but in terms of, you know, the percentages of these, of these guys working out long term is, is not, not very high. So uh, I could I could definitely see why those fifth year options wouldn't be uh, exercised. So uh, quarterback class definitely not strong at all. Um, they might you might find some people in the mid rounds, but I don't think you're going to see teams reaching for you know guys like Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett in the you know uh, mid first round. I definitely don't think top ten. I know some some sites have mocked you know Willis to Carolina, but I don't think Carolina is going to be that desperate when. I don't know what the drop-off is from Malik Willis to Kenny Pickett where you could possibly get him in the early second, although Carolina doesn't have a second-round pick. So (laughs) maybe they're the one team that uh, might make a splash, but highly unlikely. Um, What what else kind of catches your eye this year in terms of the uh, this draft in terms of how deep a position is or how how short a position is? Me or Camby? Either or. or. Yeah. You know, a couple things. One is that – one of the few times where – because last year there were, like, no edge rushers, right? There were, like, two guys. And, you know, you were talking about, like, a Micah Parsons type where you'd have to change his position to be an edge rusher. This year there's, like, 15. Like, they're saying that 15 edge rushers are getting drafted in this. And they're also saying that, um, you know, there's a possibility that there could be as many as six or seven in the first round. Mm. The weirdest thing about that, though, is that with Hutchison, with Kayvon Thibodeau, who, you know, if you asked anyone in October who was going number one, would have been automatic, is that they've all been usurped by a not even a combine warrior, a pro day warrior with this Trayvon Walker thing. 
And it's been so interesting where this year, the first year I've followed the draft since January, probably since like 2005, where, you know, I'm really into it because the Giants had the five and seven pick. It's been so strange to see that, you know, on-field production doesn't really mean anything. They're letting a kid who didn't even, like I said, not even at a combine, at a pro day. When we were younger, pro days were ignored because the, the teams would just goose the numbers. But, you know, Trayvon Walker had such a pro day that he's going to go number one overall off a season with six sacks. What the hell are we doing? I know. I, I think. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Bavada right now. I was looking at Bavada about four or five days ago, and by far uh, Hutchinson was definitely, um, in terms of odds, projected to go number one. He was definitely um, in the minus category, and now it's totally flipped where, where Trayvon Walker is minus 220, and uh, Hutchinson's at plus 250, and Iquanu is at plus 400. So it looks like Walker's a pretty consensus. <clears throat> so, you know, we're going to do a first-round mock draft here, and uh, we haven't really gone over who's going to get the first pick, but I guess, you know, we'll just kind of do that on the fly. But looks like a foregone conclusion that Walker's going to go number one overall. If you look at a team like Jacksonville that – Definitely needs to help out their quarterback in terms of protection and skill position players, but it looks like they're going to try to strengthen the defense first and kind of stick true to their board. Uh, if it is true that Walker is going to go number one, uh, Campbell, I'll go to you. What What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they're going in the right direction? Uh, no, I think uh, I think Aiden Hutchinson is definitely the safer pick uh, for the edge rusher there. Um, I think Hutchinson is going to be the better pro, and I think. Detroit's going to get a steal at number two if Jacksonville decides to go with Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I think uh, Hutchinson's definitely the safer pick. Now, in terms of who might have the higher ceiling, maybe Walker has more of that boomer, boomer bust type potential. But if you're looking at safe while still being, you know, uh, possibly an elite player, like maybe you compare him to somebody like a Nick Bosa or, you know, a player along those lines, I mean, I'd be pretty happy with that as the number one overall pick. But it looks like they're going to be going. So, yeah, I mean, you talked about those edge rushers, Alex. Back-to-back, it's likely we're going to have them at uh, one and two, kicking off the NFL draft. It's remarkable. And, again, uh, just in terms of the narrative of the draft, and I'll tell you this, when you see the odds flip like that in the final two days, they know something. So I would almost guarantee Walker's going to the Jags. But it's been so strange because, I mean, Cambie can speak to this. When we were at, um, at Rutgers, if there was a pro day, you didn't pay attention to any of that because they basically make the turf asphalt, you know, for all the 40 times to get goosed up. You have a guy, you have a trainer there who's like being real lenient with the things he counts as reps on the bench press. And, you know, Walker didn't really explode in the combine. And that's just what's blown me away. Where why would, since when are pro days a thing that flips the board so much? Like when the combine ended, it was very much Neil Aquanu, Hutchison, Sauce Gardner, what you would think. And this kid had a pro day at Georgia that was so good. He's going to overtake all them. I mean, he just blew me away, blew me away that a pro day could do that. No, no, it's very true. Uh, definitely more boomer bust. I mean, I always like to go more on production and, and the tape as opposed to how they do in these certain drills that really sometimes don't correlate to on the field play. So, you know, I'm definitely with you in terms of measurables and, you know, height, weight, they're, they're very, very similar. So, again, maybe Walker is the higher ceiling, but if you're looking at production and, and tape, Hutchinson's by far uh, better. I play. mean, if you, had, 
if you had told me before this process started, there's going to be an edge rusher who stuns everyone and goes top three, I'd have told you that Johnson kid from Florida State, you know, because at least he had the huge production to, to back it up, and he was great at the combine. No one was even talking about Walker until four weeks ago. No, it's very you – know I mean, it's crazy. As a Cowboys fan, they, they were talking about Walker going to the Cowboys at 24, and all of a sudden yeah. he's going to be the number one pick. So, yeah, uh, I mean, good luck to it. Is it unlike Jacksonville to make a move like this, right? It's the whole system. But, like, if he doesn't – I feel like if Walker doesn't go one, he's going top three. Like, what the hell happened? Like, since when are pro days so uh, important, you know? It, it, him and Hutchinson are going to be one, two, regardless of the order. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And if you're going to take such a, a dice roll on a DN, why not do it on Thibodeau? Like, the guy who's actually been, you know – the preseason ranking number one overall player. He had a decent season. Well, like, if you're going to take a huge swing, why not on a guy who's actually dominated his opponents in college? Speaking about six sacks, that's a sack every other game. Speaking about Thibodeau, I, I know that the Cowboys are intrigued with, very intrigued with him, um, and I know for a fact that he's one of those targets to where if somehow he falls, you know, maybe if he gets past the top six or seven I mean, picks, he's going to fall, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are definitely going to target him. So if you're looking, because this is a betting podcast, right, you can bet, at least on Bavada. I'm not sure um, what access uh, you have there at your local sports books in Jersey, guys. But you can bet individually on what position do you think a certain team is going to be drafting. And uh, I'm just scrolling down here to the Cowboys. And last time I checked, if you had edge slash uh, defensive line, it was at plus 450. So I know everybody's kind of projecting offensive line, possibly wide receiver to the Cowboys because of trading away Amari Cooper, not really uh, replacing him. Uh, I would look at, at at edge for sure. If you're looking at a little bit of value, because I know that's probably the one position that they would trade up for in terms of you know losing Randy Gregory and not really replacing the uh, you know the value at that position. So uh, this is a betting podcast, so we definitely want to incorporate some some of uh, the possible bets. Obviously, we spoke about Hutchinson and uh, and uh, Trayvon Walker. The, the value for for betting on Walker right now is gone, in my opinion. I mean, I'm right. not going to lay <laughs> two twenty when a few days ago is plus one fifty or whatever it was. So, and you could lose that, you know. Like, I don't think anyone's tipped their hands, and it's definitely not. Uh, this has been interesting since that new CBA happened after the lockout. You know, you used to hear about, like, $50 million contract negotiations going on, like, today. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the Monday, Tuesday before, there'd be a lot of nerves about the top two picks, and it'd be all money-related. And the CBA really did clean that up. And, and now, you know, you might not know who's going number one until Goodell takes that podium and you stay off Twitter. It's oh, yeah. I mean, that used to be the most aggravating thing when we used to go to the draft. Is like, we they take the full 15 minutes for – a number one pick that was announced five days in advance. Yeah, that he signed already. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, nothing was funnier than the Carson. Oh no, was it Russell? Jamarcus Russell was one. Carson Palmer was a big one because he really didn't want to go. Remember, they be a Bengal. Mario Williams was a big one. I remember because everybody was pegging Reggie Bush to go to Houston, and then like the night before the draft, they broke news that Mario Williams was going to be the pick. Like, what? Yeah, remember that? That changed. Bush went four he overall. Can he go to New Orleans? Two. I think he went number two. Oh, it was two. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, 
yeah. I'd say uh, that works out. Cowboys right different. now, defensive line edge is plus 550, so it went up. Uh, that, higher odds than that are uh, corner plus 450. I think that's just an overreaction to what's going on with Kelvin Joseph. They're not going to take a corner in the first round. And then receiver at plus 350 and offensive line at minus 135. So I do agree that if they don't trade up and they sit pat, I do think they'll take you know a guard. I don't see them taking Linderbaum. Uh, it's either going to be one of those guard slash tackles uh, for position flex. So uh, let's kind of go around because obviously we have a, a Jets fan and a Giants fan here. So I kind of want to go around, just kind of talk about your team's uh, you know projections in terms of positions that they're going to target. Campbell, let's start with you. Uh, what do you think the Jets are going to go after? They have a lot of needs. They're kind of in rebuilding mode right now. Uh, where do you see them going in the first round? Um, I definitely see them going defensive back. Um, whether they go cornerback safety with – what I'm hoping is Sauce Gardner at four. And then if Kyle Hamilton falls down to 10, I would love to take him there at 10. Uh, the other position that they're looking at, definitely wide receiver. Um, get, getting Zach Wilson some help. Um, you can probably go with uh, Drake London at 10 there. Um, but, yeah, those are the two main positions that you're going to be seeing the Jets go uh, early in the first early in the first round. Definitely cornerback, safety, and wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, you know, all uh, three amazing players. If you if you got Hamilton and Gardner, I mean, talk about rebuilding your secondary. They're both special players, but you got to think it's <sighs> – Got to get some help for, for Zach. Wood. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just praying they go guard, uh, get sauce at number four because the, I mean the way people are seeing the draft, Kyle Hamilton is falling. Like we can, we can probably still get him at ten. Right. Um, the way that now projections are coming out, it, um, especially like you got um, what's his name, Trayvon Walker sneaking into the top two now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, I, uh, like you said, Carolina doesn't have a second-round pick, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see Carolina go uh, maybe Kenny Pickett at six. Like, uh, that's an overreach for a quarterback, but it's a need. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if there's one team that needs to trade down, that should trade down, it should be Carolina. But will they? I mean, if, if Carolina takes a, a quarterback there, you got to think that Matt Rule's done because you got to think you're better equipped to go with, some of the crap you have a quarterback right now with Sam Darnold and, you know, try to get an offensive lineman like a Charles Cross or even Iquanu if he falls over taking a, a rookie quarterback that wasn't projected to go in the first round. I mean, his writing's on the wall. So I, I can't see him taking, you know, Willis or any of those guys. I don't know, but been plenty wrong before. So I guess we'll see. I think the key because so much is going to be dictated based on what Houston does, if they go offensive line versus corner. <clears throat> that's a tough one. They can go with the old. Yeah, I think, I think Houston's going O-line. It's possible. And then, I mean, Alex, that's got to make you happy because even if they take Neal or Iquanu, you know, if the Jets are locked in at Sauce Gardner at four, then you're going to get the other tackle. Right? Yeah, what, what, what Campbell said would make me happy because – after the combine, you know, I was texting. I was like, oh, it, it looked like Neil and Aquanu were going two in the top three because they both killed the combine so hard. And I was like, man, we need someone to come out of nowhere. And I was hoping Malik Willis would kill it or something and Trayvon Walker wound up doing that. But, you know, the other side of that, the best case for me is if Houston takes 
um, Thibodeau. And I don't know why Thibodeau is dropping, but if Walker comes in, uh, Hutchison is locked in at two, and Thibodeau went, because then I could start dreaming about, oh, now the Giants can not take the tackle at five. They could hold that to seven because there's only one team in between the two picks, and then they can kind of take the best defender there um, at five overall. I am very – I'm very – I'm hearing a lot if you're locked into what the Giants are doing about Kayvon Thibodeau for the Giants, where the Giants are real. They've had him into the facility. They've interviewed him four times and twice this week. Hmm. Like they've maxed out everything they can do for Thibodeau. And, um, and I think they know it's because he's going to be there. Like they, they probably didn't think it, but they know he's going to be there at five. And if Aquanu and Neil are gone, and, and then you know Cross is there at seven. Then you got to take the best defender, and then it's a decision between Sauce Gardner or Thibodeau at five. So, you know, it can go a lot of ways. The key for the Giants, and I know the GM said it, just get seven guys you like and you don't got to worry about anything. But I, I think the Giants are going to come out of this with a tackle and an edge rusher or the other spot, and the Steelers did kind of let it slip, which is – Giants take a tackle at five, and then they trade seven back to get another first rounder the following year. We could try to get a quarterback. So, a lot of ways it can go, and you know, not a lot being tipped. Yeah, it seems like uh, the first time in a while that uh, the top ten is so unpredictable like this. So, I mean, it's because it, honestly, and it's not for a good reason when you're the Jets or Giants. It's because these players aren't top ten worthy. Like none of them. Sure. You know, like there's no great player this year. Like I heard. Um, one say I think it was Tannenbaum said he was talking to a, one of the NFL GMs who said that the difference between one and fifty is like a five percent total player, hmm. and then like ten to thirty is basically the same level guy, and it's just a very odd year where there's a ton of depth, but there's not a lot of top end talent. So of course this is the year the Giants and Jets get top ten picks. Yeah, I mean look at the quarterback class. Like they're saying like. The top quarterback in this year's class would have been like the sixth or seventh quarterback in last year's class. Like, yeah, I was listening to I was listening to the uh, Cowboys pre-draft press conference a little while ago, and they said they only had about fourteen to sixteen first-round grades, and that's definitely lower than usual. Usually, it's somewhere between seventeen and twenty. But so, yeah, I mean that that might also be like you only have like you have so many teams with multiple first-round picks this year, like. I don't know, are teams, like, starting to look at the Rams' philosophy where, like, maybe building through the draft isn't as ideal as trading for more established already players because the draft is so hit or miss, like. Yeah, it is. I think a lot of factors go into it. You know, how's your cap situation? Are you paying a quarterback 30-plus million a year or Cowboys 40 million for – Dak Prescott. <clears throat> um, so I think a lot of factors go into it, you know. If oh, I mean, you got the Niners paying $30 million for Garoppolo to sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of the Jets and Giants, uh, first position drafted, bet, uh, just going by the bets on Nevada. Uh, for the Jets, they have defensive line slash edge at plus 125 is the best odds, followed by corner at plus 300. This is the first selection and then the Giants is offensive line at minus 130 and then uh, following that is defensive line at plus 275 
Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would take the D back. I think you're getting good value on that one with the Jets' first pick. For the Jets, yeah, I mean plus three hundred, not not too shabby. I I don't see the Jets taking defensive line for first pick anyway. That's that's interesting. Alex, are you with us? I'm here. All right. I didn't even know you were gone, so uh, we're just gonna. He's definitely gone. Oh, okay. Well, we uh we um we went through it. Uh, we got by it just fine. We didn't really go mm-hmm. into anything important, so we can kind of. You know, not not waste any more time. Let's kind of get to this mock unless you guys had uh, anything else to discuss specifically about the offseason or anything like that. I just wanted a Cowboys fan's thoughts on what the hell they're doing this off. Like, are they trying to bridge, to close the gap between them and the Eagles? Like, do they want it to be close? Uh, the, what are the Cowboys doing? Give, uh, me a, give, me, give me a plan. The Cooper trade surprised me but didn't surprise me because I know that Jerry during the season was really disappointed that Cooper wasn't vaccinated and he missed, a, I think, a game or two. And, you know, uh, I know that that kind of soured Jerry in terms of what he thought about Cooper. And uh, I really don't understand what they're doing. I mean, you got like nothing back for him. I think it's just a contract. Yeah. But then again, I mean, you had um, Christian Kirk signed a big contract after that. That was comparable uh, to Cooper. Oh, so the Yep. Yeah, the Christian Kirk signing just led to more and more wide receivers now holding out. Right. So the the, the market's going to always reset itself. So I think getting rid of Cooper and re-signing Gallup, who's coming off an ACL tear that's not going to be ready for the start of the season. He'll be lucky if he's ready by October. Uh, he's probably going to start on the pup list. So I, I, I don't understand what they're doing. I, they're Is playing- Collins going? Say it again. Did Collins leave? Yeah, they cut Collins. Uh, I was okay with that because I thought that Steele was actually better than him before Collins came back. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know, the thing about Mike McCarthy, you know, the reason he got him in Green Bay was turned bad was because he has no clue how to build an offensive line. And like I learned from Ben McAdoo, he almost doesn't think O-line's an important position in the NFL. So to see the Cowboys who had this dominant O-line and then start to not pay attention to it, big red flag if you ask me. Big red flag, Jet. I mean, Je- Je- I mean, McCarthy's just a—he's just a yes man. He—he's not making a ton of big personnel decisions. And the truth was, the Cowboys are having offensive line problems before McCarthy came in. You know, with Tyron Smith having his injury concerns, and Collins was nicked up as well. Um, they lost Travis Frederick when he retired, and then left guard has been kind of a revolving door for a few years. So uh, I would I mean- like. Get and you know what, man? Zach Martin got his ass whooped in the playoff game. I mean, I remember texting Camby. I was like, oh, Zach Martin. He was on his back every other yeah. play in that game. And he's the this most is, player on the offense. This is just a bridge yeah. year for McCarthy anyway. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're just doing that so they can get uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, I agree. They're playing – I mean, they, they Stephen Jones hinted at it today. Uh, as to why they're so draft heavy and they don't really do a lot of free agency, it really comes down to his reasoning, and I don't agree with it. I I don't like the guy at all. Uh, I mean, it came down to Dak Prescott's contract and the top players on the team have taken up a lot of the cap, so you can't allocate a lot of resources. But you could always find a way with the cap to restructure and you know do things of that nature to make it work. I mean, look at the Rams, you know. So um, I'm not buying that, but that's his reasoning. It's because they're paying a lot of money to the top players which allows them to have to build more through the draft so you get cheaper contracts uh so yeah 
uh, I'm not seeing a lot from Dallas this year. I think their defense is going to be worse. Um, I think maybe their offensive line could be better if Tyron Smith stays healthy. I like Terrence Steele at right tackle. Um, I think if they draft the left guard uh, with the first-round pick, I think that'll hide some of the center's deficiencies because Beattis, he's a young player. He's not great. You could do better there, but he's not hes not terrible. So if you, like, surround the center with a, uh, you know, a young, intriguing guard and with Zach Martin, I think you could hide some of the problems with center. The problem was they were so bad at left guard and at center last year. So that's why they got exposed against the Niners for the, for the most part. You know, that's why they, they get they get nicked up against those good teams with the good defensive lines. It, it shows. So it's, it starts up front. Right? The good the smart teams build through the trenches. It's yep. funny. That, that Niner game just set you guys back. I mean, it really did. You know, I mean, it's just uh, like because you had such a good year. You had 12 wins. Everything was on a tee. And I didn't realize – I guess you probably saw it coming. I didn't realize that they were going to have to cut so much, you know, because – you know, C.D. Lamb is good, but is is he like a number one guy? I mean, he went invisible in that playoff game too. And so there's a lot of questions about Dallas, and I think the horrible thing about it is that it opens the door for the freaking Eagles. And if they have a good draft, they're definitely going to go from, you know, nine wins to ten if they nail those two picks. So I'm a little worried about that. Are you that sold on Jalen Hurts, though? No, I'm not sold on him at all, but he sucked last year and they won nine games. I'm sold on running the football. If they could run yeah, the football, which is all they want to do. I mean, that's yeah, come back. To I think Wa- I think the Washington football team commanders are going to be improved this year. I don't think they're going to be automatic two wins for the Eagles. Who's their quarterback? <laughs> do they have one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did they, uh, they change somebody? Did they get Mariota? I, I, uh, Oh, Mariota went to uh, Atlanta. Uh, Washington picked up someone. I can't even remember now. They sold Heineke. So there you go. They didn't do Trubisky, right? That was the that was the Steelers. Steelers, yeah. Who I, the hell did they're going to be? <laughs> I know quarterback in the mid rounds probably to compete with Heineke. But yeah, they, well then that's not something I'd worry about. Yeah, if they trounce that guy out there again, I mean they got no shot. Carson Wentz, they got. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, what a funny joke Campbell made saying the Washington's not an automatic two win for somebody else. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm not a believer in that guy. Um, I mean, horrible. I mean, his career is so shot. Yeah. Because the you lost to the freaking Jaguars, who were a doornail in, in the a final winning week. Inning. In, in a winning, winning in. You can't beat the Jaguars. Who might have to draft ten defensive players to get half a starting lineup? Like you couldn't beat that defense. His career is over. I don't understand how you trade for a guy like that, and you think as a from a general management standpoint. Oh yeah, we're good. We're good for this year. What? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! It's like Atlanta with Mariota. It's, you're 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 okay with that? <laughs> you're you're okay with that as as your starting quarterback? I don't understand what some of these teams think and how do they go into the year thinking that they're good at some positions when they have talent like that. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I'll give you a prop bet. Giants starting quarterback by week three is Tyrod Taylor. Take that prop bet, whatever it is. <laughs> I like off, Ma- off merit. This year, I like him, man. I think he's going to have a good year. If they can protect him, run the football. That's it. it comes back to the Cowboys. Like, Dak is bad when he doesn't have a running game and his offensive line can't protect. But how many quarterbacks are like that in the NFL? Most quarterbacks are. Oh, yeah. 
you know? So, I mean, no, I definitely agree that they haven't given him a chance to succeed. The, the problem with Jones is that even on his best days, you know, in the fourth quarter, he's very mistake prone in the, in the big spot. And also he just gets hurt every year. He hasn't had an injury free year. And at quarterback, you can't do that. Like you can't miss three games in a tight division at quarterback every year. It just doesn't work. It's true. And, and I'll argue that unless you have a really, really good offensive system and a really good quarterback, you have to be able to run the football and have balance. Like you can get away with it with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, right? You don't have to be able to run the football. Would it help? Yeah. But if, if you have an elite system that you know works and have players that believe in and you have an elite quarterback, you could probably get around it. But for guys like Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott, you need that balance to be able to be successful, and they just don't have that right now. Yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of the season, though, you saw the Chiefs become very – We um, didn't – wait a minute. But their defense is so bad. We didn't talk about the biggest move of the offseason that I think actually affects that system. Tyreek Hill. Hill leaving the Chiefs is huge. Huge. That's gonna... I mean, their, their lack of a running game, though, got them in trouble a lot last season, too, like – it did, but, like, a quick slant to Tyree Kill was their running game, you know? Right. And, like, it, it basically meant if you wanted to cover Hill, you had to let Kelsey kill you, which is how most teams eventually wound up playing it. But now, you know, is Kelsey a little bit less? Like, Hardman doesn't scare any. Like, Tyree Kill's a fear of God type receiver, you know? Like, he scares you every play. Like, Hardman isn't that. Like, there's no receiver in the draft that matches up to Tyree Kill. That was a huge, huge move. We're gonna yeah, find, this is going to go five hours. We're going to find out how much it was the system versus how much was it Tyreek Hill. Obviously, Hill's a tremendous player. But oh, Hill's not going to have that same success with Tua. No. With no way. No way. And that coaching staff, no way. It'll, I mean, I think it'll make – I think it, it's not going to work out for either side. <laughs> like, pay. I think the Chiefs are going to miss him and Hill won't be as good. He got his kind Two. of <laughs> main reason why Two. he yeah. – Two is not physically capable of going over the top to him. It, it's true. You can't even see past his line. I mean, think about the lifespan of an average NFL player. What is it? Three seasons, maybe four. Yeah, three years. So, players want to cash in on these deals because they don't know what's going to happen. You're one play away from having your career being cut short. So I, I get it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you know it's going to hurt both sides. But I think it's going to hurt Hill more so than Kansas City. I think they'll find a way to, to get their guys open and, and still win. I mean, if Juju could get back into Juju form, like, from, like, three years ago, like, he's not going to be that bad of a replacement. I mean, he's not he's not Tyree Kill, but he's definitely serviceable. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes' stats from last year, because we, we talked about balance, and obviously early in the year, you know, Mahomes was turning the ball over a ton. So I was just looking up how many – interceptions he had last year if you guys knew off the top of your head he had 13 picks so i'm sure a lot of those came in the beginning of the year too so um if they want more balance with him to kind of minimize the turnover so you don't expose that defense then it it might help him in the end but yeah i mean you lose a good player like that like like amari cooper as well it's you're not going to be as good but you you have to compensate some well some way yeah um all right do you guys want to get started with this mock Sure. Oh, yeah. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. The mock draft. It's going to take two hours. Okay. Oh, no. We're going to knock this out quick. Yeah, we'll do it quick. Um, all right. So, you guys have your uh, your mock uh, thing open with the picks? Yeah. Right. I'll go number one because, uh, obviously, uh, we're, it's going to be pretty uh, straightforward and we're 
going to try to be as realistic as possible. Uh, Jags are going to take Javon Walker, number one overall, strengthen that defense. We could all plug him in right there. And then uh, we'll go with Campbell on the clock, number two, to the Detroit Lions. Oh, um, they're going to take their homeboy, University of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. that should be number one pick. Uh, they're going to strengthen – I mean, he, he's, a, he's a wide nine pass rusher. He's going to get to that quarterback, give that defense a little I boost. I actually don't think as highly of him as, as most people do. He reminds me of, like, a poor man's Ryan Kerrigan. You know, like, like the Boses were way better than he was in college. You know, like, he, he got fat against Rutgers. He got fat against Maryland. He got fat against Purdue. But, you know, he he never – he never struck me as like a Bosa type guy, you know, where like going into the game, you're terrified of him. Then he wrecks it. Right. Just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I watch a lot of big 10 football though. All right. Well, before Alex makes his pick, I forgot to do this for, you our... can't give me three. Don't give me three. Cause I'm if gi- I get three, I'm not going to get five or seven. <laughs> I'm giving I mean, you, giving I you... mean, we're not going to go in a specific order. We can go back to you for five and seven. Okay. Cause I, then I got to trade my pick to Camby to get four. Yeah, we. we <laughs> right. Alex, before you make your pick, I got to do one thing. Okay, you ready? What do you got? Oh, nice! Yes. There you go. Yes, and I lo- I love that Campbell didn't get that. <laughs> didn't either. What's, what's the royalty fees we got to pay for that one? Now. Yeah, yeah somebody... it's a lot of money. Every time. Played after every pick. All right, go ahead, Alex. Number three on the clock. Houston Texans. Uh, Houston. It's going to pain me because it's one of my boys gone, but I think they're going to go Evan Neal, Alabama, for tackle. I think it's razor thin between him and Aquanu, but I think they'll go Neal. Wow. So I see it. I'm, with you. I'm with you on offensive tackle there, but I, I think they're going to go Aquanu. Got the other guy. Could be. Yeah. All right. I mean, it, it's one or the other, in my opinion. And we got the hometown boy, Brian Campbell, at number four to the New York Jets. Sauce Gardner. Best defensive back in the draft. Didn't give up a touchdown his whole college career. Like you can, you can make a case he's the best player in the draft and the safest pick. You could easily make that case both ways. Yeah, yeah. Definitely going to be better than better than Morris Claiborne. That's for sure. Morris Claiborne. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to go back to we're going to go back to Alex since uh, it's his team and he he has to make his pick. So uh, we'll have to do. Uh, <laughs> In the way I've constructed it, I have given the Giants a chem, a quantity. Good for me. All right. So we quant- Over Thibodeau, huh? Giants have to take the tackle if he's there first. Yeah. Okay. If, if, one, if, if a scenario exists where both tackles are there, then they go Thibodeau. Hmm. But if one of the tackles is gone and there's only one, the Panthers could definitely take a tackle. I don't think they'll risk it. Yeah. And speaking of which, we're not going to do any trades with this, although you, we can trade – uh, in this in this site, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to do it as if each team sits back and picks. Uh, so we're at Carolina, which is an intriguing pick because obviously quarterback's not going to be listed at the top of their uh, board, but um, you got to think maybe they go with receiver or offensive line, more towards offensive line. Um, who's on the clock? Is it me or – no, Campbell again. We're going back down, so we'll go with Campbell for Carolina. Oh, okay. 
Well, if you're going to give me Carolina, I'm going to go with who I think Carolina's taking. And I think Carolina is going quarterback. Oh, no. And I think Carolina is going with the most NFL-ready quarterback at this time. With the lower lower ceiling, lower potential, but can start right away. And I think they're going to take Kenny Pickett. Oh, my God. Well, you know, one can only hope. Uh, All right, we'll go back to Alex for the Giants. I mean, that's not impossible. The Panthers, you know, that would be Rule kind of protecting his own job. Um, Yeah. You know, of the two, I think if you're going to go high, you probably go Willis, but I feel you. Well, if this happens, now the Giants are pumped. Like, this is the best-case scenario because now I think the Giants are picking between um, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton – and I think in the end, I, with all the birdies chirping, I think they're drafting Thibodeau, and then they would get. And so in this world, they got Aquanu and Thibodeau, and I nailed that shit. All right. Next stop. Next stop. Third place NFC East. Eleven seed NFC overall, baby. That's a great. That's a great pick. I love Thibodeau. <laughs> that's a really so do pick. I. Love those. Um, all right. Are we gonna go to you, Campbell, or do you want to go back to me? Because I haven't picked since. You, you can go. <laughs> all right. Uh, Atlanta's another intriguing one because obviously with all the controversy last year with Calvin Ridley trading Matt Ryan to the Colts. Um, I think you got to think they are going to want to get some protection or weapons for Mariota. Uh, I'm kind of debating between, I don't think they're going to go corner here. I'm debating between um, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver and Charles cross Uh, with how deep this receiving class is. I'm going to have Atlanta take Charles cross uh, the offensive tackle. I think they need to rebuild there first before they think about skill positions. Also, I'll go with Charles Cross to Atlanta at number eight. Charles Cross, another guy who was seen as a one-trick pony when this started. I think we talked about him in our post-Super Bowl one because, like, he just – you couldn't get by him. He was, like, the best pass post set guy and run game not so much. But then at the um, combines and pro days, he really helped himself by showing an edge. And, you know, I think he did great on the bench and all that stuff, so – he, yeah. He's a guy who, bought, who like, launched from the late teens, early 20s into, like, a no-doubt top 10, no-doubt third offensive tackle taken. Like, over – who was the other guy? Penning was the other guy who was thought to be the third third one. So, I think Cross had a great offseason for himself to kind of make himself a lot of money. You know what? I should have – I don't think it's going to – can I change my pick? I want to take well, – uh, I hit the button already, so no. Well, we could just you – know, <laughs> final. It's not like we're making a bet. Uh, I think it's fine. Uh, they'll take Garrett. I think they're going to take Garrett Wilson because I think that um, Cross is going to go to Seattle at nine. So, uh, assuming that the next person takes takes uh, um, so now someone has to take Garrett Wilson at eight, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Chet can go back to back. He can go Garrett Wilson. Okay. Okay, you went back to back, Chet. Congrats. So flip him. Yeah. So we have so we have uh, Cross going to Seattle and Wilson going to Atlanta. So we're just. Well, I'm going to take number 10 since it's my Jets again. And see, they're either going to go Hamilton or Drake London here. And I think we hit pretty well on Elijah Moore last year. And there's so many wide receivers that we can get another one in the second round this year. I think our defensive backfield desperately needs help. And I think Kyle Hamilton is – one of the top players in this draft. I don't know why. I mean, his 
I know he's slipping because they see his top end speed kind of lacking a little bit, but I think he's going to be one of the most complete players available in this draft, and I think the Jets have to take Kyle Hamilton here at 10. Okay, so no mention of that's, – that's intriguing how you didn't mention uh, Stingley at corner. You don't think he's – You know what? I am not sold on Stingley. He had a great 2019 year, and he's been gone since, since then. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> talked about Mo Claiborne a few minutes ago. I mean, another LSU corner, not that that – means that Derek Stingley is going to be a good player, but I don't know. There's something about that program <laughs> with their, them pumping out cornerbacks that you got to be got to be careful with. So interesting how uh, Stingley's kind of falling down the board here a little bit. But I'm hearing that Washington really liked Kyle Hamilton, so that would not make them happy in this scenario. So let's go to you, Alex, with the Washington Commanders. I have to ask a question real quick. Sure. So I, I hit draft log and all picks, and now I'm stuck on this team page. How do I get back to the player list? <laughs> I don't run this site. I don't know what Oh, hell. Oh, boy. No one knows how to get back to the player picks? Uh, uh, where are you at? I hit, I hit draft log, so it's got the Jets, and now it keeps saying making selection, but I can't find the player names. Draft log. They're not here anymore. Yeah, on that white tab. Uh, I don't know what you did. Try to reload the page. See what happens. Okay. This is good radio right here, folks. This is- <laughs> oh yeah, we set got, the whole draft. We got text Good. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. It's okay. I'm I'm watching my baseball parlay scores as we're, as we're going through this. Well, okay. Campbell, why, why don't we take Campbell to the Washington Commanders while Alex kind of figures out? All right. Well. I think Washington, I mean, especially with uh, Fast Terry holding out, I think they need to go wide receiver here. Yeah. Um, I think uh, they're going to go Drake London since he's still on the board. I think Drake London is the best wide receiver um, still available. And I think he would be a good fit with Washington there. I think so, too. Yeah, I fixed it. Coming off of the ACL tear as well, so he looked really, really good in his pro day. So uh, he looks like he's uh, good to go. Oh wait, was that no? That I'm confusing him with uh, Jameson Williams. It was Jameson Williams that was coming off the ACL. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't Drake London have an injury though? I forget what it was. It's escaping my mind right now. But uh, anyway, uh, definitely need a wide receiver. Period. With McLaurin uh, holding out. All right, so we are at Minnesota, and you got to think they're going to be in the market for some defensive help. And with Stingley still on the board, I'm going to take Derek Stingley to the Minnesota Vikings. Good value. That's right. That's right. I think he's going to. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Alex, do you want to make the Houston pick? I will make the Houston pick. Okay. So I think, man, so I'm on the page, so nobody panic. I'm still here. <laughs> and just uh, oh, so we're after pick 12, so this is this is a different ballgame now. Yeah. So this hasn't broken very well for the Texans here. I think the Texans are going to go – I think the Texans should still double up on the O-line. They're so empty there. And now is – now – They do need some wide receiver help too. I mean um... – 
if they're going to roll with with that young quarterback from last year, then yeah, I'm going to go Jamison Williams here. Jamison Williams is fine. It's uh, you know, Texas need a lot of help. I think he's best player on the board. I think Jermaine Johnson still being there. I think he's more of a high ceiling, low floor guy. I think he, a pick like him makes more sense in the twenties. But it wouldn't surprise me if you're a team like the Texans that need multiple alignment, you know, getting penning at 13 isn't that bad. But in the end, I'll go receiver because they need a lot of help. So why not give this up? Well, speaking of uh, O-line help and just help in general, uh, Campbell, we'll, we'll bring you to Baltimore. And it's, you got to think it's a little bit of a challenge with all the injuries that Baltimore had last year to kind of read what they need as a team from a positional standpoint. So where, where do you think the Ravens are going here? Uh, see, I thought, I thought Jermaine, um, I think Jermaine Johnson's a good fit here. Um, I think they could use some O-line help too, to kind of, uh, help protect, um, and kind Lamar. Of- yeah, kind of like Penn, Trevor Penning is kind of that last offensive tackle before there's a little bit of a drop off, so they might be interested. That they have a but I think I think they're gonna go, I think they're gonna go Jermaine Johnson here. Okay, All right. Jermaine Johnson goes to the Baltimore Ravens, um, and I will go to. Well, let's be careful talking each other out of picks after we make them. I'm very quick to hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is a tough pick for the Eagles because I know that um, they're really looking at wide receiver. Um, this draft broke horribly for the Eagles, so a great job by all of us. It really did. Good job, Good job team. This, like, this be... is the worst thing that could happen to the Eagles. Yeah, they, I mean, their O-line is pretty good. It's aging a little bit. Um, their defense is actually pretty solid last year, um, but they could definitely use some help at corner. But I'm looking at, looking at Chris Olave. I think... I think they're going to go receiver here. They um, drafted Jalen Rager a few years ago. He's been so disappointing. Um, I think they need some receiver help for Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to go with Chris Olave, Ohio State, to go to Philadelphia. Man, fans would get so pissed about that. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I think I think that guy has potential. I know the Cowboys like him too, but I don't think they would trade up for him. So, All right, Campbell, we got you taking uh, pick for the Saints. Uh, oh boy. I think this is where you're going to see Malik Willis go. And then Malik Willis is going to be going to the Saints here. Okay. So that's two, so two quarterbacks went for Camby in the top 16. After, I like it. After they just – didn't they sign Jameis Winston back? Yeah, but Jameis he's, and- not, he's not a long-term. Do you think this is where Willis goes? Wow. Okay. I, I do think this is where Willis goes. All right. Malik Willis goes to the Saints at 16. So <laughs> there's a bet on a Bavada. The over-under on quarterbacks drafted in the first round is two and a half. So you'd be looking, you know, in pretty good shape if you took the over there. But I guess we'll, we'll see what happens for the rest of this draft. Um, Alex, we're at the Los Angeles Chargers. And when Alex I, picks, we... I am going over on that pick. Wow. Okay. Alex, you're on the clock. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, the LA Chargers. This is a pick where I think uh, 
just sort of fits the scheme. It fits what the Chargers like to do. I'm going to drop down a little bit. You got to go to the mid-20s. But this is where it's so hard to mock because so many guys from 15 to 45 kind of feel like the same. But I think the Chargers, like, would love a guy like George Karloftis out of Purdue. Ooh. I'm going to have them draft him and just load up on that edge rush, gritty D-line thing that the Chargers have going on right now. And they could really, you know, in the AFC West, you got to load up on edge rushers because the quarterbacks are so good. And I think that's a great direction the Chargers can go with a team that's pretty much set except for in a few areas. Like They don't need a lot of help. But I think this is a spot where they can turn the D-line from something that's very good into if you hit on this pick, it might be, you know, one of the top five in the league and it's really what they need in that division. Okay. Well, um, What do you think of that pick, Chad? What do you think of Karloftis? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like him. He was kind of a pet cat of mine earlier last season, and uh, I was looking at him possibly to the Cowboys, but I don't know. I think they have bigger needs on the offensive line. So I think it's a – I think it's a – you're kind of strengthening a position that's already a strength on their team, which is good, but I would have possibly looked to the offensive line as well uh, to kind of give Herbert more protection, but I could, I could definitely see it happening. And Campbell, we're going to go back to Philadelphia with you. So they took a wide receiver with their first, uh, first round pick. And now here they are at number 18. Um, I have two players in mind right here for Philadelphia. Um, I think they can either go defensive line here or cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you got to go with the best value on the board that's still there. Uh, Jordan Davis, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be a good fit here for Philadelphia. Philly loves their interior D linemen. They certainly do. They do. I mean, in my eyes, you guys, I want to get your thoughts on this too, but he seems like a typical boomer bust prospect he blew up the combine just an absolute beast in terms of his measurables um tape doesn't match up all the time he had a pretty good year last year but i mean if you think of think about the division that you know the eagles are in with where a lot of teams like to run the football not a bad idea to beef up that defensive line any thoughts or are we moving on <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's uh, – I mean, this fits the Eagles to a team. I mean, the Eagles have been taking interior defensive linemen in the first two rounds forever. So then when they have two picks in the first, I can easily see them doing it. Um, and, you know, he's pretty uh, – you know, like you said, he's he's a guy who skyrocketed late. But when you're in the teens in the back half, that's not really a sin to take guys like that the way that it is in the top ten, you know. So yeah. I don't mind it. Well, um, I guess I will take – what pick are we on here? We are at number 19. Yep. We'll go back to uh, Campbell. New Orleans. Yeah. Campbell, who do you got for the Saints? Ooh, okay. For the Saints. Um, Saints? Saints need a lot of help. They need a lot of help at a lot of places. Um, now, we took Malik Willis with 16. And now I think we need to give Malik Willis some protection. And I think Trevor Penning Love it. is going to fall right into place here. Good pick. That's a really good value pick. I was thinking the, thinking the exact same thing. Um, all right, so Campbell, this is where your uh, overpick might come into play with quarterbacks. Jeez. Um, cause you oh, got- there's a – 
I had a guy who I I know the Steelers would love here, but it's not a quarterback, so maybe I'm wrong. I'll give See, you my I, theory, but you, you pick have, who you want, Chet. I didn't I didn't have my quarterback going here either. Hmm. Are you talking about can what? I can I can what? I pick for the Steelers? Sure. Yeah. The Steelers and a guy who was born to be a Steeler, Devin Lloyd, is a guy who plummeted late in the draft, but he's by far one of the best sideline to sideline linebackers in the league. He uh, was projected to be a top ten guy early. I'm taking Devin Lloyd if I'm the Steelers here. And he's just he fits right in for what they want to do, for what they love doing. I would take Devin Lloyd. I'd run the card up to the podium if I'm the Steelers there. That's very true. I've seen him mocked at Pittsburgh in a lot, a lot of mock drafts. So Yeah, it just seems born and bred, right? Like he's a Steeler from the day he was born. True. It's true. Um New England, I mean, you got to think, depending on how many first-round grades the Patriots have, this might be a typical Bill Belichick trade-down spot. Yeah, uh, leaving his dog at the laptop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, this is a tough one, man. I, he, he's kind of like a trenches guy, too. You know, he, he drafts a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of offensive linemen. So um, you could argue the Pats need a lot of help on the – offensive line so i'll kind of go with the interior here but a guy that could also possibly play tackle i'll go with zion johnson uh from boston college and i'll have him go into the patriots to kind of beef up to give mac jones some protection and just look at that playoff game against buffalo he was getting pressured like no one other so i think protect that young quarterback yeah you have a solid defense and then and then see how you do this year all right so like, we, I, I, I thought Zion Johnson or um, what's his name from Iowa, um, the center, Linda Baum. I thought either of those been, could have been a Patriots pick right there. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> interesting team here. Uh, we take it to Campbell where, uh, you know, the, <laughs> we had the one trade we didn't talk about was Devontae Adams, obviously going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, huge needed wide receiver. For the Packers, uh, in terms of value on the board, uh, scroll down a little bit. To, you know, a guy like Traylon Burks is still on the board, uh, who is projected to be a first rounder. Uh, where do you think Green Bay goes here? Um, I think they do go wide, uh, wide receiver. Um, see, I think I think this is going to be a it's going to be a little bit of a reach here, but I think uh, Jahan Dotson is going to sneak in. Right wow. Here. Wow. Okay. Over Burks. Okay. All right, we got John Dotson going to Green Bay from Pennsylvania to Wisconsin. All right, Alex, we're going to take you to Arizona. Obviously, a lot of controversy going on with Kyler Murray right now. We don't even know if he's going to be the quarterback this year. I'd assume that he is going to be. Uh, so where do you think Arizona goes here uh, in the first round? Well, I definitely think – He's going to be the quarterback because they have no leverage. I mean, you know, the whole CBA was designed to not give young players on a first contract any leverage whatsoever. There's nothing Murray can do. If I'm the, the Cardinals, you know, we watch the Cardinals a lot. They got a lot of problems. They got a lot of problems. And, you know, I think they would just go – man, if I was them, I would just take the best corner. I would go with this Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, uh, you know, once you get into the 20s, you know, when you saw this a lot, you don't really look at need anymore. You just look at, like, okay, who's the best guy who's still there? Um, 
and, and I think taking a uh, taking the corner here for the Cardinals, who's also the best guy, just kind of makes a lot of sense. That secondary was brutal. Um, you know, the Cardinals are in a weird spot. They're almost like in that no man's land of the NFL where, you know, they're, they're like from the 14th best team to the 20th best team in the league. And I don't really see how they get out of that mm-hmm. with the draft. You know, they should have tried to get – they should have made a crazy play for Adams. But I, I guess they didn't have the possibility. But if D-Hop's healthy, they're a scary team. But, yeah. you know, it's late in his career to be asking him to play 17 games anymore. So – you know, they'll probably just go best player, and then that puts on a tee. Kyle Fricchetti picking for the Dallas Cowboys. What do you got, Chet? How did we put the board out for you? Are you happy with this board that you got handed? Oh, <laughs> yes. All right, well, yes. you, you guys said this are pretty easy for me. Uh, they're obviously not going to be going with a wide receiver, although I still think they would consider Traylon Burks, but I think they have, um, in terms of draft grade, I think that Kenyon Green is going to be drafted a little bit higher than Burks. So I think they're going to go with Kenyon Green, offensive lineman. I think maybe he could play tackle, but he's more of like a center-slash-guard guy. But I think they'll plug him in at left guard, uh, strengthen a position that is sorely needed. I mean, last year they they were rotating between Connor McGovern and Connor Williams all year. And it was either Connor Williams that was getting holding penalties every drive, or it was Connor McGovern just getting bull rushed back in the Dak Prescott. Get some stability at that left guard spot. Um, and I think that helps the center out as well. So I'm going to go with so Ken- question. So, so question for you, Chet. And yep. then here's my question for the whole panel, because this is a guy who I wanted. And then it's crazy how he's fallen from grace. Tyler Lunderbaum was seen as the best center prospect of the last 20 years. Like, they were saying this guy's the best center prospect you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Why is he fallen from a guy who would be fringe of the top 10 to where he – and, like, this isn't just you. This is everybody saying, oh, now he's a fringe first-round guy. What the hell happened from best center prospect in a decade to a fringe first-round guy? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean uh, – the- Ironically, the Cowboys drafted uh, Travis Frederick around the same spot back in 2013. And he ended up being, you know, a really good player for for a while. So uh, I don't know if it's. And you look at the Saints. The Saints took uh, who was it? Caesar Ruiz. He was a center in college, right? Yeah. So that was seen as a center, and then they moved him to guard, and he's been fantastic. And Linderbaum grades out better than him in every aspect. It's just so weird to me. Because originally I was hoping the Giants trade from seven to like 20 and then draft Linderbaum. And, you know, it's crazy where now it's almost like, can the Giants get Linderbaum at 35? You know, isn't that crazy? Like, it's not impossible. Honestly, they get him in the second round. I think he's going to be one of those guys to where he goes right before the first round ends. Or he's he's that name at the top of the day two list where you're like, how is he still on the board kind of thing? Yeah. So I, I don't think he'll make it past Cincinnati if he's still there at 31. Yeah, I think yeah. he goes in that late first. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I, the Cowboys didn't bring him in on a on a on a visit. They usually have their 30 uh, visits, and he was not on the list. Kenyon Green was. Zion Johnson was. Uh, so uh, that that's not to say they wouldn't draft him because they they you know they didn't bring in Parsons last year to look at him. So, uh, but uh, for some reason, I don't know whether they think they need to get strong closer to Tyron Smith because of his injury concerns. Because, you know, if Tyron is banged up and you have to bring in a backup for him and then you're still weak at guard, but you know what I mean? So at least be stronger at the guard position so you can kind of, 
you can kind of mask some of the deficiencies you might have at left tackle or center, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And they love position. Yeah, it's, they love position flex. So Lindebaum is is strictly a center. So I don't think I don't think they see a lot of value in just taking a center. They love guys that can play guard and tackle or guard and center. So yeah. Well, I would tell you this: the Jets have never regretted drafting Nick Mangold. No, no. And if you if you have a, a situation where you have a, a really good offensive line, but there's that glaring hole at center, I think uh, you know Linderbaum could plug right in and plug and play, and he's good to go. You know, so looks like Cincinnati could be good, good spot for that. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. It's been he, he has been one of the more interesting guys from when like when he was on a football field, everyone loved him, and then. You know, you spend 16 weeks off of a football field, and he's just mysteriously dropped down. And I always feel like guys like that become home run picks late first round. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in where he goes. I, I didn't look at how his pro day was, but it's very interesting. I mean, an established program like Iowa, and with the good career he had, it it is surprising. But I think it comes down to position flex. You know, yeah, I mean, there were plays where he's 25 yards down the field, like catching up to safeties and shoving them into the locker room basically like yeah he had some incredible plays uh, just interesting that's all like i thought the cowboys would take him here that's just why i brought it up now yeah i was like oh i hope linderbaum doesn't last in the fucking cowboys then he does but then you're right like almost every mock would have the cowboys not take him so it's just curious how crazy that changes i know they didn't bring him in i know that if they some if green 424 and they were left scrambling, you know, if a guy like Burks was off the field and they couldn't off the board and they really didn't have anybody that they thought, that they thought was good value. I can see them trading down to the bottom of the first and then maybe looking at Linderbaum there, but I don't yep. see them putting, taking it, taking him at 24. Yep. All right. 25. We got Campbell, Buffalo bills. Uh, excellent season. Probably should have made it to the AFC championship game. That amazing playoff game against Kansas city. They're projected to be the best team in the NFL this year. Are they going to give Josh Allen some help, or are they going to strengthen that, that elite defense? Now, I think you can either go wide receiver here, but I think the bigger need, you saw when Tredavious White went down, they had no one to step up to play cornerback after that. So I think they need to fill in some holes on their defensive backfield. I think here uh, – you can see Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson um, going off the board. I like it. Good pick. Totally with you. Absolutely. Uh, White tore his ACL, right? Yeah. Yeah. So usually, I mean, obviously, medicine has, has advanced tremendously. So, you know, once upon a time, an ACL injury meant the end of your career. But I mean, you know, if, even if you tear your ACL, you're gonna be you're gonna be good to go at some point in terms of where you were before. But usually. That first year you come back, you're not quite the same player, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint as well. So I think kind of covering yourself and and adding some depth to that secondary is definitely a good good idea. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're losing a lot, losing uh, Cole Beasley. But, I mean, you saw just how much Gabriel Davis stepped up in that playoff game. Like, And then they picked up Jamison Crowder. Like, I think, I think they filled in the wide receiver's – just fine that they can focus on building their defense. You know? They resigned Diggs too, right? They resigned him too. Yeah. 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 They, they extended Diggs. Yeah. They'll be fine there. All right. Tennessee Titans. We, uh, 
Uh, only Campbell, out of all three of us, called their early exit from the playoffs last year against those sneaky Cincinnati Bengals. So we had the Tennessee Titans here coming back with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. Uh, Derrick Henry, you got to think he's going to be full strength, but he's a year older. Uh, Tennessee, their defense kind of stepped up in the playoffs, didn't really lose in that playoff game. It was obviously all the turnovers. So where do you think Tennessee goes here with the 26th pick, Alex? I mean, if I was them, I would go Traylon Burks here. That was my thoughts Cause I, exactly. Because I just feel like outside of A.J. Brown, they didn't really replace um, – Julio, yeah. Yeah, they didn't – like Julio was bad. They didn't replace um, – God, the receiver who went to the Jets. Uh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis, yeah. They didn't really get a good replacement for him. And, you know, it was just so easy to defend them in that game. You know, the Bengals just doubled up A.J. And then, you know, Tannehill's second option wasn't open. So then it just became a huge problem in that game. Yep. Um, I, I definitely think they need more weapons on the outside. And, again, late first round, this is where you can really – now's the time to take guys like that, you know, because now you really should draft for need more than best player. And I think that's the way they'll go. So, if I was them, I would take him and then uh, hope the holy hell he develops. But, like I said, this part of the draft is so hard to pick because, you know, so many teams have guys anywhere between, you know – 15 and 45 like some of these guys might might be gone already like in the Kobe Dean type and some guys you know may drop like a rock so it's very interesting to pick the back 20 of this draft no for sure I think uh you, you talked about drafting for for need over um or need over uh best player available and I think it works out in in both ways for the Titans I think Burks is probably going to be if it turned out this way, Burks is probably going to be one of the top players on their board, and it fits a position of need. So that's the best of both worlds right there. Um, yep. Interesting pick here. Obviously, a lot of controversy with the Bucks this offseason, a lot of moving parts from Tom Brady retiring, then Bruce Arians retired, then Tom Brady comes back, and we don't know if Gronk is coming back, and we have you know a couple of key offensive linemen that retired for the Bucks. I believe one came back to center, but the tackle stayed retired. Uh, so where do you think Tim Bay goes here with uh, all those moving parts? Do you think they, they kind of strengthen the offensive line to give Brady a little bit more protection with could be his final year, or do they go the defensive route? Campbell or me? Uh, we'll go Campbell. I know, I, know, I know who I think. Okay. Yeah. Campbell, who you got? Um, uh, Alex, you can take this one. I, don't <laughs> I think – I think they're going to go Daxton Hill because Bowles is their head coach now, right? And I think yes, he like he likes to coach from the secondary up, and then he seems like, like a pretty good talent. And then, um, you know, I think, you know, in the end, the, the defense didn't really – I mean, the defense is what cost them the game. I know that the offense exploded late. Uh, and did the Bucks lose Godwin? Uh, no. Oh, they were signed. He's back. So yeah. if he's back, yes, yeah, so then I would de- – I mean, they have a young old line that's very good. In this spot here, I would definitely say take a good guy in the secondary, especially with Bowles, who's such a good secondary coach. Um, I think that's just a good fit for their new head coach and a good fit for how – if they're going to win a Super Bowl with Brady now, they have to try to do it the way the Broncos did with Peyton, where, you know, you're going to have to get big stops in the fourth quarter. You can't do it like you did a couple years back. So you pair him up with Winfield in the backside. I think they got something cooking there. Um, and that's the direction I think they'll go in round one. I um, have one. I have a pick here yeah. now, too. Okay, um, good. <laughs> sorry. 
I this is going this is going to be a stretch because he got hurt. Um, but I think I mean they need to get some pressure on the quarterbacks again. Um, that was one thing that was missing in the Rams game. Uh, I think David Ojabo would be a good pick here, even though he got hurt at pro day and his. I mean that injury is going to see him fall, but that guy is a that guy is a high first round talent, and he, he's only falling because of his uh, injury at pro day. Are we talking about the be- Tampa? Are we still in Tampa? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I agree totally. Pressure on the quarterback in that Rams game was huge. They did not touch Stafford all day. Um, interesting though with going with the safety being that they're. Head coach Todd Bowles uh, is a defensive-minded coach. Uh, and here we are with Green Bay with their second pick in the first round, number 28. Campbell, you had him picking a, pick a wide receiver the first time. Uh, do they stay on the offensive side of the football, or do they try to get a pass rush too? Because, man, if you look at um, who Green Bay play, and they played the Niners in the first round, uh, and they put up 10 points against the Niners. Um, but their defense – was pretty dependable all year, but you could tell that they really had some holes um, in the secondary, and you could definitely have some success running the ball on them too. So do they go defensive line here? Maybe this is where Jabo goes? Um, I do think that they are going to go defense here. I don't think this is where Jabo is going to go, though. Um, I think this is going to be um, a linebacker, N'Kobe Dean. Okay. Is he still on the board? He is. Georgia? Yeah. Talk about a freaking fall, man. I mean, that's another guy who was – they they were talking about him as being the best defensive player overall, but at a lesser position back in January. Like, they were saying, like, top 10, type 12 type guy, and now here he is at 28. And technically, according to this thing, it's a reach. So, that's <laughs> such a fall, man. It's crazy how it works. Well, um, here we are with Kansas City with their first pick in the in the first round. They would they would they would be doing backflips if Sky Moore was there. So who do you got, Alex? I, think it, I would say I would have them taking Sky Moore. I think they oh they pick back to back. That's fun. Yeah, um, I think I think they would take Sky Moore for sure with one of their picks. Um, I think they're going to go wide receiver. Obviously, there is no chance in hell you replace Tyree Kill, but you know. He, the, they want that upper echelon talent. Um, and here too, man, I mean, I'm just going to do this because it's the best one to do. Here's where I would take Linderbaum. And then I think the Chiefs added one of the best centers. And then, um, oh, so you know, one of, the, one of the best receivers in the league. So that's where I'm going. So Sky, who is Sky Moore? <laughs> receiver. Western Michigan. Yeah. Western Michigan wide receiver. He was the last great receiver that P.J. Fleck recruited before he left for Minnesota. That's back when um, Western Michigan was like a wide receiver factory under Flex for a few years, and he was like the last guy in that era. Gotcha. Oh, man, Cincinnati just missing out on uh, Linderbaum by one pick would be a killer. You're going to go with Linderbaum, your second pick? Yeah, yeah. All right. So beefing up the offensive side of the football with uh, all the issues that Kansas City defense had. So 
Hey, so Chetty, you get you get the Super Bowl runner-up. So do you? I love Chetty. I love Chetty makes that comment as if like Alex doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> no, I, I, I speak fluent Chetty, folks. I'll be your translator. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that. Why? Why does he go to the next subject? Like, oh, doing all the offense when they have clear defensive needs. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> I see through the lies of the Jedi. Yeah, this is a tough pick. I mean, I wanted to take Linderbaum if I was going to take Cincinnati here, but uh, that's not a consideration. Um, they definitely need more defensive help compared to the offense. Uh, if they didn't have like a good offensive line on the board, then they were going to go secondary um, or defensive line. Who's on the board here? Lewis, I don't even know. Like At this point, this is the part of the first round where you might see some trade-ups you know, late into it and maybe get an extra year with a player. So I don't really have a lot of um, feel for where the Bengals will go. I think if Linderbaum is on the board, they definitely take him here. So He's not on the board. I took him. Make a decision. <laughs> All right, so I'll go uh, Kalir Elam. There it is. There you go. University of Florida. There you go. The next best secondary player on the board. And to finish it off, the Super Bowl winning Detroit Li- – oh, wait. Uh, that that pick was traded so uh you know we start number two with detroit and we end with number 32 campbell let's give you the last pick of the first round who is joining hutchison Camby? this is this is where you're going to get the over over two and a half quarterbacks you got desmond ritter desmond ritter going 32 to the detroit lions jeez Okay, I got to take screenshots of this uh, mock draft so we can kind of see what actually happens and how many picks we get right. That'd be pretty fun. We're gonna get we're gonna get the top five right, and then nothing else after that. Aquan no, is definitely going three. I, I gave him to the Giants to be fun. <laughs> well, um, I, I should have screenshotted the draft because when I clicked on next, it just took away our draft. I thought there was going to be like a summary page of all the picks. So oh, I have a summary to... page. Oh, Camby, you got a screenshot because yeah. when I rejoined, I just picked the top eleven guys in a row, not who we actually picked. <laughs> yes. All right, well, I yeah, so I'll, I'll do that. So um, there you go, our uh, first and last mock draft before the NFL draft in a few days. Uh, Let's talk about, just while we're here, some bets that you guys have or haven't come across yet that might intrigue you. Is anything let's, off the page? Let's go, let's go back. and I mean, a lot has changed since our last division picks. Let's go back and do our division, division winner picks again. All right. Well, while I really got to take a piss, so uh, would you guys mind starting it off and I'll join back in like two minutes? Sure. Absolutely. What are we what are we starting off here, Camby? Sorry, Pete Alonzo just got hit in the head and now the benches might be clearing, so I'm distracted. Um your division winners for this year. Alright, let's do the East last because Chetty's gonna want to do that. Let, let's do a boring division. Let's do the okay. AFC South. Okay. AFC, and AFC South. South. So Matt Lyons on the Colts, Titans are chalk. Texans are awful, and uh, the Jaguars are obviously a uh, project. So, do you just go Titans? Do you, do you try to find a way for Matt Lyon to improve the Colts that much? Like, it's interesting because I've always associated Matt Lyon with the Falcons. I don't know if I really know if he's still a good quarterback or not because he, the last two years he's been in Eli Manning mode where the team sucks and he just forces the issue, you know? I mean, 
I think, I mean, he doesn't really have any wide receiver weapons in Indianapolis either. Like, I think even though Tennessee is kind of regressed in my mind, I still think they're the best team in that division. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's almost like they're an obvious choice. I mean, the chalk on them for the division is probably minus 250 or 300 something. Right. So, um, yeah, I would tend to agree, you know, free agency wise, the Colts, I know the Colts got lined. Did they do something else? I feel like they made another move. Mm. I don't know what it is. I don't pay enough attention. But, uh, <laughs> no, the Titans are definitely the pick there. Um, you know, right. that's the only easy division. I think uh, in the in the AFC because I, I do think the Pats will be improved to give the, what I think will be a regressing Bills a scare. The Jets are coming up a little bit. Um, the um, Dolphins obviously I still think, think good. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are going to come in last in that division. I can see that too. I could definitely see that too. You know, the, I mean, they just added you know Tyree Kill, so that's a big deal. You know, now now with uh, with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, what do you think of the AFC North now? The problem, you know, I mean, obviously the Browns are going to be very good. I'm a Watson guy, but you don't know what the suspension is going to be. And if it's eight games, who the hell knows, right? The other thing about it is, uh, you know, the Ravens are going to have a very easy schedule. They were really banged up last year, and I think they'll be they'll be playing for keeps. So I could see the Ravens killing people yeah, in the I AFC mean, North this year. I mean, the stat, the stat is – 14 of the last 16 years, a team has gone from last to first in the division. And yeah, I think but, that's going to be the Baltimore Ravens this year. Yeah. I mean, the question, is, the question in the AFC North, you know, you have a young team that just won the AFC in the Bengals. And if they get the O-line right, they're going to be a friggin' sure to beat. So, you know, do you think the Bengals go down? Do you think the Steelers are really, really bad? You know, the Steelers feel like a prime underpick. Uh, yeah, sure. I think um, I think the Steelers are fourth out of four in that division. Is it just me? Which is crazy with the top seven defense in the league, you know? Is it just me or is, like, every – and I, 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 I'm I guilty of this. Is It seems to me like everybody's picking Baltimore as their, like, their dark horse. We were, ju- we were just talking – yeah, we were just saying about how uh, – in- that'll be the one everyone picked. Because the thing, you just don't know what happens with Watson. If Watson plays 17 games, you could see the Browns winning that division too, you no. know? I agree. If it's not Baltimore, it's definitely Cleveland if, if Watson plays. But this is a huge year for Lamar Jackson. You know, like he obviously had the, the injury concerns towards the end of the How year. was that? Oh, I some cooking spray. Jeez, <laughs> it sounded like a dying parrot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong stuff, okay? You got to make sure that it's not. Okay. Uh, this is a big year for Lamar Jackson. He's, he's working that mega contract that he probably should get next year. Uh, this, is a, this is a big year for him to prove that he can stay healthy and productive. So a lot of pressure is on him. You know, sometimes players step up in those moments. Sometimes they don't. So I think this is a huge make-or-break year for him. Because his you know, I, costed them the division. They, they probably would have won the division. For that. You know, they were so hurt. I mean, they lost both their running backs before game one. They lost half their secondary. Lamar obviously goes down. And, you know, again, they're going to get the last pick in the draft. Or, I'm sorry. They're going to get the last place schedule in the division. And they're going to get the best draft picks. In a, and that team drafts so well. Like, they're, you know, you know whoever they take is going to be good. So, you know, 
they deserve it, you know, but I'll tell you what, this might be, and something I'm starting to feel is, you know, you're starting to see a lot of people discount the defending AFC champ. And when you get a young team that went as far as they did, and they basically are just running it back, but with a better offensive line, you know, the Bengals are not going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with, you know, they've got, you know, maybe a top five quarterback in the league that I guess people don't want to jump the gun on him, but if you're willing to jump the gun on him, you know, the Bengals might be underdogs to win that division next year. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. When something's too good to be true, it probably is. I mean, it's easy to look at Cincinnati right now and say, uh, typical young Super Bowl hangover team. Jamar Chase is going to have a sophomore slump. Joe Burrow is going to have a down year. He kind of overachieved last year. They have issues on the offensive line. I totally get all that. You know, um, Zach Taylor. But they wait. You know, to counter the Super Bowl hangover, I would just say, Super Bowl hangovers happen at teams that do the three-year rebuild and then this is their year and then, oh, they just missed it. Okay, they'll get back, kind of like the Panthers. Yeah. The Bengals were just ahead of schedule because their players are better than people thought. You know? Yeah. And it I really comes down to the other teams in that division, like you guys said. We know Pittsburgh isn't going to be a big threat next year with Mitch Trubisky. Um, not sure what they're doing there. But um, I think they're kind of waiting until next year. You know, they, they just want somebody to kind of carry them over for one year. And then when there's better uh, prospects in the draft, then they'll probably fire there. But when it comes down to Cleveland, is Watson going to play? Is Baltimore going to stay healthy and, and make a run? So if they have those, if they have their issues, then it sets the stage for Cincinnati once again to kind of win that division by default, right? All right. So kind of that's what do you think of Joe? What do you think of Joe Burrow? Like, do you think he's like a top three quarterback in the league type guy? I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's definitely top 10. And he definitely has the potential to get there. I love his you – know, yeah. I mean, he had one of the worst offensive lines last year, and they, they made it to the dance. So Yeah, you know. And sometimes those if that's, bad players around him. And if that's a team that uh, – if that's a team that, you know, fixes their old lineup, you know, it seems like a team can get good value on. Yeah, their defense had some issues too, and you could argue that Cincinnati had somewhat of not a light schedule in the playoffs. Obviously, if you make the playoffs, it's it's great. But Tennessee, they were kind of considered analytically one of the worst playoff teams last year. And then um, after, remind me who uh, who did Cincinnati play? Then they played Kansas City. That that was the most impressive one. But Kansas City was coming off a tough spot, just having that emotional win off of Buffalo. So it's it's tough to say who had the, the tougher road. But, yeah, there's no reason why Cincinnati can't come right back. But like you said, they're going to be playing a first-place schedule now. And, you know, the Super Bowl hangover effect, you know, you guys, Campbell, especially you, you've been a part of some teams uh, from, a, you know, from, um, you know, I'm not sure what your actual roles were, but being a part of a football team and kind of going throughout the season and how long and rigorous it could be and then coming so close and then not – not getting to your ultimate goal and then having to start all over again, that can be mentally draining on you. You know, when I was in the UFL and we lost the UFL championship on that missed pass interference call and then our game-time field goal got blocked at last play of the game, like, we were still pissed about it going into training camp that next year. Like... And it kind of aided us a little bit that we had such a slow start that next year. Um, I mean, 
you're sitting there a whole off season thinking about like what could have been done differently. Like it, it eats at you. So I mean, there's definitely going to be some hangover. And then I mean, not to mention that, but like now, like teams have a, like this was a team basically of rookies and second year players. Now, right, teams are going to have a full season, a full off season to kind of game plan and know exactly what to expect with this team coming forward now. Like, they're not going to catch people by surprise again. Right. That's very true. That's very, that's very true. I forget what Cincinnati's final record was last year, but they really heated up towards the end of the year. I mean, at one point, they weren't even being talked about for winning that division. And then they yep. – that big win over the city, and that kind of got things rolling. So – uh, and that big, you know, that big thing we harped on all postseason, you know, if it wasn't for that strip sack force fumble against the Raiders, I'm still convinced the Raiders win that game. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. You know, like if the, the Raiders beat them for the final 55 minutes of that game, the Bengals just kind of stormed out to a 10 nothing lead early. But, you know, maybe that says more about the Raiders. But we have to get to the AFC West later, I guess. Yeah, so if you want to – I'm not sure which division to – did you just go through the north, or was there? We did the AFC South. We, we just did the South. South, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got yeah. Um, so we can go to the uh, AFC West if you want. You want to go there? Tough division. Tough division because if you think the Chiefs are coming back to Earth, that is, that is four good teams right there. A lot of moving parts with Devontae Adams getting tra- getting traded to the Raiders. We know about Tyreek Hill getting traded. We talked about that earlier. Uh, Chargers are kind of they're kind of like the hot team every year. I feel like <laughs> you know the. It's when's it going to actually come to fruition? Not sure, but the Chargers, you got to think with Herbert having another year, another uh, full off season, he's going to be better. Uh, got to work on that defense, though. And then uh, Denver, obviously, with <laughs> you know, with having uh, Russell Wilson, you could argue how good Russell Wilson is at this point in his career, but he's definitely an upgrade from <laughs> Drew Locke, who we spoke about. And, last and it's a good, and it's a good roster, you know. It's- Four pretty good receivers in Denver. You know, decent O-line, good running game. Yeah. You know, it's a good roster. You just need a quarterback. To be, he only has to be average, and it'll be a pretty sure. good team. That Seattle team last year was a shell of itself. Oh, I mean, it's horrible, yeah. Seattle's I mean, I'm not. I'm not as high on Denver as you guys are. No, I, what? Hey, I was high on Denver. Whoa, hold the phone. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> I mean, here, here's Janet picking Denver to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Go ahead, Campbell. Tell us. Tell Denver. Denver's going to come in fourth out of four in that division. Whoa! I, that'd be, I, that'd that'd be chalk. I mean, that's chalk, guys. It's not a, it's not a limb we're going out on. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a limb with Russell Wilson now playing quarterback there. Like, Tough division. I think, I think the Chiefs are – you can't bet against Andy Reid. I think the Chiefs are still going to take that division. Like, Andy Reid will find a way. I think, I mean, charge. I think the Chargers and the Raiders kind of interchangeable. I think the Chargers are going to get the better of the Raiders this year. Um, but three teams are definitely coming out of that division for the playoffs. Oh man, this is a really tough division to pick. I think it's going to come down to the last week of the season who wins this division. Honestly, I don't. I don't see anybody running away with it. I could see three teams winning. Eight or nine games, that sort of thing. Um, I think it comes down to that last week. I, I, we, I think, guys, the schedule is going to be coming out uh, in a few weeks, so we should definitely have a better idea of how things might shape out there. 
because I know that division teams typically play each other the first and the last weeks of the season. Uh, Alex, who's going to win this division? I'm going to blow your mind. You're going to say the Raiders. I'm going to say the Broncos. No, I'm going to say the Raiders. I think the Raiders, I think the Raiders, you know, like I said before, they really should have beaten the Bengals. You know, last year, think of everything that happened to the Raiders last year. Like, think about the team they were in week one. Ruggs was their best weapon, and John Gruden was their head coach. Think about the team that was in the playoffs. Never gave up, stuck together, played hard. They got good talent on that team up and down. Um, and now you add, you add an absolute game-breaking receiver who's going to open up things for Waller, and I just think they are – I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Now, we'll, is Carr going to make the big mistake in the big spot? He could. But I think he's seen enough big games now that the big spot for him isn't going to be until January. And I think they're going to win. I think the Chiefs are regressing a little bit. And I, as you all know, I'm not a Herbert guy. I never will be. So I'm not a Herbert guy. Uh, I'm picking the Raiders to win the AFC West. I bet you can get great value on them to do it. To do it now. Uh, you, think, you, you think Josh McDaniels Josh, is going to be the guy? Exactly. It's the one reason I can't pick Vegas. Josh McDaniels. I mean, he's not – he wasn't horrible in Denver his first year, you know? I mean, the problem with Patriot coach – the problem with all Patriot coaches is they go and they try to be a Belichick clone. So is he going to try to do that again when it already didn't work? Or has he wisened up a little bit? And, again, who was their head coach last year? It was nobody. I mean, it was like a defensive assistant. Yeah, it was Rich Versace. Yeah, so, you know, and I just think those players have been through a lot. And, I mean, you're adding – you're adding one of the true game wreckers, and Waller is so good. So think about what we said before about Tyree Kill. If you double Adams, think about what Waller's going to be the new Kelsey. You know, I mean, he's that good. So I think they're going to be tough to beat. You know, they have a good old line. They have a good running game. You know, if they took like a fourth-round scat back, like a, a little shifty guy, I think that'd be a great element they could add. And I think they're going to be a good team. And I'm Mr. Chiefs. You know that. No, you are. Uh Man, I, I'm kind of with Campbell on this. I, I still think Kansas City's going to win this division, but it's going to be a lot closer than it was last year. You so. can't bet against Andy Reid. He's proven <laughs> it time and time again. I think I agree. I agree, but you know, Andy Reid at the end of his Eagles run, you know that, that that did fall apart on him, and you know it's because they, you know, they don't have like without Tyree Kill, it feels like an offense that can be slowed down because now you can just. You know, you could bracket Kelsey, and it's relatively – you could play three high and stop them. You know, they can't run the ball at all, right? Yeah, last year they didn't. Um, yeah, so – Probably wins 10 or 11 games, I would say. You know, a, a defense that's aging, you know, a window that's shutting. I mean, they've been in the – you know, they've had a nice little five-year window here. I mean, it, I think – I would honestly be surprised if they win the division this year. Won't be surprised to make the playoffs, but I'd be surprised if they win the division. I think they're going to win this division solely based on coaching. I look at the other three head coaches in this division, and I think that's where the difference is going to be because I think all these teams are kind of really close based on what happened at the quarterback position. So I think it's probably going to be like Chiefs, then probably Raiders or Chargers, and then Raiders and Chargers, and then I agree with Campbell. I think Broncos are going to finish dead last. So, But dead last but- – their dead last, I think, is going to be like seven and ten. Yeah, exactly. Like right. it's not going to be a bad dead last. No, 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 no. Like, I, yeah, that division's going to beat up on each other a lot. Yeah. 
Like, like I'll tell you this, the bye week ain't coming out of the West. No, no, the bye, no. The bye week will probably come out of the AFC South again because they get, because they get four auto wins. Easy. Oh, man. Yeah, you know those teams <laughs> don't do anything. It's going to be Tennessee again. Jeez. <laughs> They're going to win 14 games next year, Tennessee Titans. <laughs> and, go one, and go one and done again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so we let's go to the uh, AFC South. We did them. Oh, you did? You missed. Yeah. That's when you were peeing. Oh, okay. Wow, that was a long All <laughs> right. Go to the East. Let's go to the AFC East. Uh, Campbell, start us off. Um, you know, me and Alex were talking about it earlier a little bit, and I definitely agree. Buffalo is going to fold back to the pack a little bit, but Buffalo still is the class of the AFC East. Josh Allen is proven to be big-time quarterback. Um, I think New England's going to take a little step forward again. I think the Jets are going to take a nice little leap forward, not enough to get to the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to do the, the hardest I, thing to do. I think they're going to get from like four wins to like seven or eight this year. Our, our last podcast, I did put the Jets as the seventh seed, so you never know. But I don't, I, I, I don't think they're going to get to the playoffs anymore now that some of the other teams have kind of built up a little bit. Okay. And I think Miami is going to be dead last in that division. Oh, man. With all the moves they made, it's no dead last. Would not be surprised one bit. Alex, I'll, uh, we'll go to you. Before. I think Bills are going to take a reasonably big step back. You know I mean? I think they lost half their coaching staff to the Giants. They lost half their scouting department to the Giants. I think, you know – it's a defense that was a little older because they built defense first. Um, so, you know, it's not necessarily a young team. And he, here's a weird theory I got for you guys. Let me tell you if you – let me see if you go along with this, okay? Yeah. Campbell just talked about that, that heartbreaking game he had in his league and how much it hurt. I would argue the loss they had to the Chiefs hurt just as much as losing the Super Bowl was. Because that, oh, absolutely. that game was fucking crazy. And it was a huge loss. And I think they're doing the same thing. I mean, that's got to be eating at them the whole off season. And I don't know if McDermott's the type who's going to use that for positive stuff. But, you know, they are still a team that's trying to do it with no running game whatsoever. You know, maybe they could do it again. Allen is great. But, um, you know, Allen is also very, very mobile. And he's a duck his shoulder and plow through you type guy. And we saw Big Ben after his first three or four years. He started to get banged up doing this year after year after year. So I actually, I, I think the Bills will barely hold on, but I think like when week 16, 17 comes, people are going to be talking about how good the Patriot defense is and how the Patriots are probably, you know, hitting their stride in January because the Patriots overachieved last year and, you know, they've got better draft picks. They have a much better coach. Like they've got, they've got the GOAT coach. So, you know, and just do you think there's anything to the Bills losing their entire offensive staff? Yeah, there's no doubt there's going to be some like, And they all jump ship on them. Like, nobody stays. Like, the Giants got the O-line coach, the tight end. They got everyone except Dorsey. It's, you know, which just seems so strange that everybody left. But you hear things that McDermott's not that great to work with, so maybe that's why. But oh. I certainly think, you know, they could definitely take a step back. De- defensively, they're going to be just as good. Uh, that side of the ball. But, yeah, offensively, you got to think they're going to be some – 
growing well, pain. Well, here's the thing, and I don't want to say this, but, you know, you're coming up on year seven of a wide receiver's career. If Diggs gets hurt, that Bills offense takes a huge hit. Huge hit. Oh, yeah. You know, everything they do is kind of based on having a guy like Diggs. And, you know, I know they did have the great uh, – I know that one kid. Oh, I'm not going to remember his name. Who had the great playoff game. Dave but he was the fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he came up big time. Yeah. But, you know, he's only doing that because Diggs is on the field. So, you I, know, I, th- I think it's po- – I just – I don't think the Bills are going to walk through it. Wait a minute. T.O. is available. He, he's playing. Why don't you just pick up T.O.? He's like 47. He's in the, U- he's in the USFO at Candy. Catching touchdown. <laughs> Johnny Man's he, up. He, he's in the fan-controlled league. <laughs> yeah. Is he still playing? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Wow. Uh, Let's take him out of the Hall of Fame, then. <laughs> I, I, actually, my old, my old quarterback from Arena is his quarterback in that league now, oh. uh, Danny Southley. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love guys who just low key make like ninety grand a year playing in these leagues. <laughs> you know, like a good job for himself playing football till he's forty. Yeah, uh, Buffalo's going to win this division with ease. It's not even going to be close. It was close last year. Uh, but I think New England overachieved last year. I think New England had a really easy schedule. I don't think Mac is as good as everybody's saying. They're going to continue to be average. They were exposed in the playoff game. Miami, they made all these moves, but when it comes down to it, they don't have the coaching staff, they don't have the quarterback, so I see them dead last. And the Jets are going to be the one team that could possibly surprise people and push for a, for a wild card spot. I really believe the Jets are going to make some noise. I think New England improved. Like, Mac Jones did that throwing to freaking you, me, and Alex. Like, That's true. That's true. They went and got, um, what's his name from Miami now? Um, um, Devontae Parker. Yeah. I was surprised. What did they give up for him? Was it a third? Third round pick? You know, the only thing that would worry me about that is that, you know, the Dolphins traded him to the Patriots for a reason. You know, when you see individual trades like that, that kind of raises a red flag to me with the player. Yeah. Like, wh- like why would the Dolphins do that? And it's know, not, if he's got, any good. Not like this because guy's they were trying to make room for Tyreek Hill. Didn't matter where where they traded him to. It matters where you tra- if you think if you think he's like a great player, it matters where you trade him. So they don't think he's a great player. Is what I'm saying. And he know? was drafted a few years ago. It was a 2018 or 2019. I mean, it's not like this guy's been in the league for 10 years. So yeah, so it's a lot of potential. So I mean, Bill Belichick done this before, right? We know his history with trading for guys like Randy Moss when he was with the Raiders, and everybody thought his career was over. Obviously, Devontae Parker's no Randy Moss, but. Yeah, let's not make let's not make people drive off the bridge here. No, but the point is sometimes <laughs> get into the right system, you know, you could turn average players into pretty good players, and maybe Parker's one of those guys. We'll see. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and they, they're probably going to draft another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to. They have to. I don't even know their type. Like they, the Patriots had so many no namers on offense last year. I, I don't understand. How they, they have a very good, very good offensive line, you know. Like it showed in that win game against the Bills, they just ran HB ISO and power the whole game. <laughs> uh, I swear to God, threw three passes the whole <laughs> game for that. McCarthy <laughs> and Madden, seriously, just ISO, <laughs> quick plan, interception. That's it. And and if there's one play where the 94 right guard gets beat, you know, the whole game's tainted. <laughs> Safety. <laughs> Stop doing that. Do your role. <laughs> Remind me about that when the pod ends, Cammy. Don't leave the phone, by the way. But the uh, – <laughs> yeah, that. I do uh, 
And what about the other teams in the AFC? So do we think anything of a uh... Jets? I think the Jets are good for wild card spot. Yeah. I do. So the lo- Dolphins. The Dolphins had the biggest weapon in the NFL. We're just gonna say their last place. Listen, did you see what the Jets did to the Jaguars last year in that game? What the Jets did to the Jaguars? I don't remember what the Jets did to the Jaguars last year. I must have missed that game. <laughs> they beat them. <laughs> they beat them. Like, they won the game. <laughs> I they shouldn't have won, but uh, they, they beat them. They, they hung in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you remember what the Jets did to the Jaguars? Like, Absolutely not. I don't remember that. No. <laughs> like, I think even just from a, from a young standpoint, you know, you're, they're a young team. They had a, you know, They had some bright spots last year. They beat the Bengals, right? They, had a, they beat Tennessee. They had a few big wins at home. So you got to think that's going to give them some confidence moving forward, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, they uh... – I think Zach Wilson's going to take a step forward. Yeah. I think – I mean, I think they're just on that normal, like, rebuilding climb, and I think they've made good moves so far. You know, I, I was, think we'll I mean, see I was, question mark, but – I was very happy with uh, the rookie seasons that we got out of Michael Carter and Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean, I think we hit on those two, which is very nice. And you got a um, you got one of the big free agents, didn't you? Or am I making that up? So you got a big linebacker. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy. The yeah, uh, your running back, Campbell, Michael. Um, Michael Carter. Carter. He was yeah. hurt here, but he's a pretty good player too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they have some good. Oh, he, he was very good for us. Yeah, exactly. So they 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 were they were pretty uh, they were pretty feisty last year. Obviously, they had some really bad losses, but they had some wins or performances out there where you kind of had to look twice and think, huh? You know, I mean, I would I would have loved them if they got Tyreek Hill. No. I mean, that they were in the final two to do it and didn't close kind of hurts. You know. just, just all I'm saying, all I'm saying, guys, midway through this season, don't be surprised if we're seeing like a a highlight music video because both teams from New York are above 500 and playing really well and making a No shot. Ellen Giants stink, bro. I mean, if like I said, if Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback, I'll give you a shot. But not with Nick. Not and with pro- Nicholas. Like, what, what, what NFL football team has a better backup quarterback than Mike White? I mean, the guy comes in no, and goes for 400 yeah. yards. Mike, it's Mike F. and White, right? Like, it wasn't that his thing? He's dropping yeah. F-bombs into his name? Yeah. Oh, that was great last year. He was a former cowboy. They they cut his ass in training camp. <laughs> Maybe he should have started against the Niners. Oh, can't argue with you there. All right. <laughs> so now that we spent an hour on the AFC, we can go to the uh, to the NFC. <laughs> this is a five and a half hour pod. <laughs> well, it's probably the last one we're gonna do for a while, right? So. No, we gotta do our recap next week. Oh, the Jack. <laughs> that, that Campbell was, forgot the draft this week already. That, that was an intense silence for you know. I, I was like, "What the hell are we recapping?" <laughs> that thing we just talked two hours about. Good lord! Uh, all right, so uh, you want to do NFC East first, or you? No, do do the East last. Do the East last. Wait, this guy loves the main event. the main event. This guy. <laughs> all right, so uh, so we'll start with the AFC, uh, NFC South. Go ahead, NFC South. Alex, who you got as your winner? Got to be Bucks. I mean, they, you know, they're in the win now mode. I think the Saints are clearly regressing. Um, but they might be better, but you know, Winston is kind of hit or miss, and I think they're they're going to lose. Obviously, losing Sean Payton. 
Falcons are a mess. I mean, Falcons might be competing for the number one pick next year, and they, the team they'll be competing with is the Carolina Panthers because they're <laughs> both are a mess. So I think, you know, kind of like the AFC South where, the, you know, the Bucks can get fat on that record and try to get that one seed because I think they really missed it last year. Um, but, I mean, you got to take the Bucks. I mean, you can't really uh, – you can't really uh, – be afraid of the Saints in that division when you're talking about Tom Brady. So, I think Bucks kind of stroll with that one. What do you guys think? Uh, was has there been a bigger reach than uh, last podcast? Me saying the Falcons were going to win that division. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that threw his arm out of his socket. <laughs> the 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 pre Brady coming out of retirement, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, pre Matt Ryan going to Indy. Um, Somehow, somehow, some way, the Falcons managed to downgrade. Like, <laughs> as bad as they are, they got worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. gonna, I think this might be the worst division in football next year, honestly. I would agree. The yeah, Bucks. because the, the Colts are definitely better than the Saints, right? So. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks are going to win 13 games next year. You know, I see them maybe a 10 or 11 win team. Uh mm. Saints, you know, Jameis Winston, he's good for getting you around 500. But he's you know, he played really well last year before he got hurt. Yeah, he did. But again, ACL tear, you know, first year off the injury, a lot of unknowns there. They put a lot of capital in Taysom Hill. What, how much are they going to allocate to him? I don't know. That That's a team that – and obviously a new regime coming in. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of turnover in New Orleans. But their defense is always going to keep you in games. Yep. Atlanta's trash. Carolina's trash. I think we could both agree. I'll agree. It's going to be uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys want to hear a funny joke? Yeah. The highest contract in uh, NFL history given to a head coach is the Panthers given to Matt Rule. How'd that work out? Wow. That's what was, was that? Seven for forty-eight, I think. Just goes to show you how big a quarterback is in this league, man. When you put your when you put your chips in Sam Darnold, you get five and twelve. <laughs> Well, you know, it it also shows, you know, maybe you don't want to hire the Temple coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, – remember everyone said the Giants, it was such a huge loss, they didn't get Matt Rule. I mean, the Giants obviously did find a way to have a worse coach than Joe Judge, but still, <laughs> like, like they, they both equally suck. So, it's just – it's fun. The NFC is a much less exciting division than the AFC. The AFC is so much better. It's so much more star oh, in, in the AFC, like it. Like, you talk to the NFC, it's like, well, I guess up to the north to see if Aaron Rodgers wins for the 17th time, you know? <laughs> like, I, what are your thoughts on the AFC North, Chet? Uh, NFC North? Yeah. I said uh, AFC, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's fine. Uh, I think Minnesota could be sneaky, one of those sneaky good teams next year. Uh, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. I think they could push for one of those wild card spots. I think Chicago. Wild card spot. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're going to pick them for the division, Campbell. Didn't you pick 100% them? I am. <laughs> I knew it. Kirk Cousins, you know, I know he, I, I just can't believe in the guy. I know Green Bay, you know, lost Devontae Adams. That's huge. Uh, but their defense went, you know, they, they were kind of banged up all year at key positions. Uh, Jair Alexander, Darius Smith were banged up all year. So I think if they, you know, they do enough at the receiver position, I think, you know, Green Bay will be right back there. So, so got Green Bay. Easy, easiest position to refill, in theory, when you have Aaron Rodgers. True, true. Yeah, and Devontae Adams really didn't do much in that playoff game. It was more indicative on 
on, I think, the weather and Aaron Rodgers, honestly. So, uh, Green Bay still going to win. I think Minnesota is going to win a wild card spot, and then you know Detroit probably finishes better than Chicago this year, and Chicago finishes dead last. What do you guys got? Sure. Chicago found a way to be awful and have the Giants have their first round pick. You'd love to see it, right, guys? <laughs> there you go. Um, I I agree with you. You know, I I hated the Vikings uh, firing Zimmer. Like I absolutely hated it. Um, so I think they're downgrading at head coach, and like I would love the Vikings if Zimmer was still there. Um, but I, I tend to agree with you. You know, weak division. Um, you know, you do worry about the Vikings a little bit because, like, Cook, you know, he, he is coming up on five or six years here. Can he still be that guy? Um, but the Packers seem like the easy choice. Uh, Vikings are winning that division. Man. Look at Whoa! That. Winning the division. Vikings are winning that division. And that's Cousins doesn't – you like that? You like that? I do, I do agree that they downgrade on head coach. But the Packers – I mean, we saw what the Packers are without Devontae Adams in that playoff game. Like, Aaron Rodgers can't move the ball without Devontae Adams. Not a playoff team. Holy moly. So, Green Bay's not going to make the playoffs? No, they'll make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. I mean, just because Detroit and Chicago are so bad, like, Green Bay will get to nine wins, ten wins. But Minnesota's going to win that division. I mean, Detroit's going to – I mean – they can't really take a step down. Detroit's going to take a step up. I hate – you know I hate Justin Fields. Like, Chicago's just completely written off for me. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I'll tell you is the Vikings had a bad defense with Zimmer as the head coach. You take his brain out of that organization and you're left with the players that were on that defense. Not very good on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm not sure how reputable this source is, but it looks like our mock draft is already going to be – Kind of throwing the toilet in terms of. Wait, give me a, number one. Top ten picks? No, number ten. It looks like there's a rumor going around. Nothing confirmed that uh, Debo Samuel might be traded to the New York Jets, involving the tenth overall pick. Great move for the Jets. What a great move that would be. Bro. Oh, Cam, you got to be rooting for that. Bro, that would, been... that, would that, that would fit exactly what Salo. I mean, who who knows how to use him better, right? You got me at about three-quarter chub right now. Um, yeah, that would be – that would be if the Jets could put Samuel in and unlock more in the running game and all that stuff, that for the 10 picks, they'd still get a four. I, I mean, that's a slam. I mean, that's a grand slam. I hope that happens for the Jets. The Jets need a good day. You know, us New York football fans are beat up a little bit. I'm on Bavada right now trying to see if I could bet on the Niners to take a wide receiver with their first pick. Because you got to think if they're going to trade into the top ten, they're going to look at one of those those receivers. Yep. Wow. Who's reporting that? Uh, Tony Pauline from uh, he's from SIF. Is it a is it a blue check guy? Incarcerated Bob. Yeah, he's doing. Incarcerated Bob. That guy fucking blocked me because I told him Pete Alonzo was better than Luke Voigt. Fucking soft ass bitch. Where is the okay? Here we go. I'm looking for the Niners. San Fran Niners. Come on, please don't take it down, Bavada. Oh no, they took the Niners down. Son of a. Oh. oh. They're so quick. They're so quick, so fast. Ah. Oh. All right. Well, it looks like there's some merit to it if they took the Niners down. Trust me. Wow. 
Yeah. What a great move that would be for the Jets. I mean, it sucks to lose out on Hill, but Debo is such a different kind of weapon. I mean, that would be great for them. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's and they still get the four. And I think that would probably lock them in the Gardner. Lock them in the sauce, yeah. Yeah, you would think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they could also make a case, hey, Debo and an offensive tackle to help Wilson out too, right? So Maybe. Let's see if the New York Jets first pick us up. You got to think if they're going to get Debo, then they're probably going to go with a corner. Right now it's still at plus 300, corner, defensive line, plus 125. Yeah, Niners are out, man. That's crazy. They took it down. Yeah. Got to be some merit to it in theory. Yeah. That's a big, big trade. Usually you don't see players of his caliber being drafted this close to the draft because usually the value for, for picks are at an all-time low. But a player like Debo, I guess anything goes. Well, that would be exciting. Okay, so uh, we were talking about which division. I lost track with the, the Debo thing. AFC, uh, NFC North, so I guess we can go to the NFC West now, where the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions reside. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anybody else to take but the Rams? <laughs> and he says, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, this is no debate. I mean, I, I, you can't possibly think any other team. I mean, the only thing, the only team is San Fran. But the team that lost the NFC title game to him in a close game, you can't take them to win the division. That was with Jimmy G, man. We don't know who's going to be quarterback for them. It's going to be Trey Lance or Jimmy G. No Debo, no Jimmy G. Yeah, no Debo. I'm so glad I put in that. Uh, that. Uh, so oh, yeah, this is the future. That, yeah, the futures for Niners is great. Great. <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. James I mean, yeah. Ram, Rams are gonna. They're not gonna have anyone contending with them. Yeah. Ram, Card, Cardinals. Cardinals are gonna be the normal Cardinal self. They're gonna go nine and zero and then finish nine and eight. I mean, I'll tell you, the Rams are getting very old, and they won't have Beckham. You, know, you can paint a picture. Let's say it's not impossible. We signed the, Niner, the Niners a little younger. Donald is not going to retire. Uh, Whitworth retired. Uh, signed Stafford to a multi-year deal. So mm-hmm. I think uh, Seattle yeah. be bottom feeders. Uh, and of all the teams, like of all the teams from last year, the Rams are improving the least. They are only going backwards. They literally have no draft capital whatsoever. No, it's very true. Yeah, they... you, you know, like, what are they doing to get better? So, like, the rest of the division is doing some stuff. You know, obviously losing Debo sucks. I think the Niners will go with Jimmy G in the end. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could paint a picture where the Rams are sweating a little bit. Yeah, maybe with San Fran. I don't I mean, um, Arizona or Seattle. Yeah, they lost Beckham. They picked up Allen Robinson. They picked up Bobby Wagner. Like, they still picked up some good good pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. Allen Robinson isn't a good piece. Come on. What, what are we talking about here? Allen Robinson. We shall what see. Is what is it, 2017? I mean, when Cooper Cup is getting double team, you don't think Allen Robinson could win a one-on-one? Uh, yeah, he, he, he's not, he's not a number one receiver. Set. You know, like, you kind of need him to uh, – you know, you kind of need him to be what Robert Woods was, and he's definitely not that good. And, like, the, you know, Beckham did unlock a lot of things. I mean, they're good. 
Like, they're very good, but they're, I don't think they're better. I don't think they're better. And I don't think I, – I think the Niners win that division. Wow. I really do. I mean, they're a young team who came in late and just started shoving it. And they're one of the few teams in the league that can hang with the Rams defensively. So, wow. I think the Niners going to be going to be okay. And now that they're getting a, a top ten pick apparently to to play Steve-O. So, so I think we can all agree. Rant, well, for the uh... I got one for you. Hey, you want to be scared? I got one for you. What if the Niners at the ten pick somehow Kayvon Thibodeau last to them? Think of what that defense would be. That would hurt my heart. You add the best pass rusher to that defense. That would be. And it could happen. No, not impossible. If 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 Thibodeau makes it past seven, I think you're going to see Dallas try to trade up ahead of of number ten. To try I to mean, get... you, they got to give up a first rounder next year for him. Are they do? Are you doing that for Kayvon Thibodeau? Oh, because you need that for Sean Payton. 20, 20, 24 to nine, twenty four to ten. You know that's, yeah. that's a huge leap. No, it's true. You're not you're not doing that for a second rounder and a second rounder next year. You know. No. No, very true. All right, so uh, Alex has the Niners, Campbell and I have the Rams, um, and we are at the NFC East. Oh, baby. Alex, you want to start us off? I'll start us off, and it's going to make me sick. It's going to make me vomit. I know. I'm going to go put my head in the toilet right now as I say this disgusting thing. But the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, win the division this year. I think – you know, they were pretty good last year. They could run the ball. They could play defense. They're coached and play the right way. Um, and I just think the Cowboys are kind of in an in-between right now. I, I think, you know, losing Cooper, losing Gregory, losing Collins, you know, these aren't just average starters. These are good players that they lost. I think Mike McCarthy knows he's kind of – in this lame duck situation. And also, I don't trust McCarthy to fix an O-line once it's broken. And I think the O-line's close to broken. And I know no one talked about it, but like I said before, I think Zach Martin getting his ass handed to him on a plate in the playoff game, you know, he might be up there two and eight. And once that happens, it all crumbles down. Like the whole illusion goes. So, you know, I think, uh, I think the Cowboys are, are going to be a second-place team in this division. Still a super soft bottom of the division. Like, they'll beat the Giants. They'll beat Washington. But I think the Eagles will beat them. The Eagles have two first-round picks. They're probably going to use one offense, one defense to get better. So, it makes me sick. (laughs) It does. And I blame the Cowboys for this. (laughs) But I'm going to pick the Eagles to win the division. What say you, Camby? I disagree. Good. Fuck the Eagles. He's going to go with Carson Wentz. I am going with Carson Wentz <laughs> and the Washington what, what, football what? team commanders. Are you kidding me? Division. What? That defense is going to show huh? back up in the true form. Carson Wentz is going to get over his demons of losing to the Jaguars in a winning name. What? And the rest of that division, I don't trust Jalen Hurts. Dallas is taking a major step backwards. You're trusting Carson Wentz? Washington, Redskin, Commander, football team. They're not the Redskins. Yeah, they're the Commanders. Get it right. They are going to win the NFC East this year. Yeah, ter- terrible pick. Terrible. The worst pick of the night. And I uh, and I picked the Raiders. Well, I guess I have to pick the Giants, right? Because 
No, no. I mean, like, can't be the Cowboys. I mean, based on the statistic right. that. Sell, sell, sell me on the Giants who run uh, QB sneaks on second and eight from their own 10 yard line. Well, that was with Joe Judge, man. It's a new regime, man. That's true. That's, That's true. Josh That's true. quarterback. Look, I'll tell you this no team in the NFC East has won that division back to back since 03 04. So. Really? It has to be a new team. It can't be the Cowboys. <laughs> Because that'd be the first time in almost twenty years that uh, that took place. So, it it hurts me to say this, but I agree with Campbell. I'm gonna go with the Washington. Oh my god, what are we doing? Because I don't. Guys, I their do... defense isn't good. Like it's an overrated defense, guys. They're, they're giving Jalen got mauled last year. They're they're giving Jalen Hurts one more year in a lame duck year where they know that he's not the long term answer. I think Jalen Hurts is the kind of player to when he has to rise to the occasion, he does the complete opposite. He chokes. So I think, you know, you give Washington more of the veteran quarterback with a really good defense that was injured last year. I think they're going to come back and they're going to beat teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants in the trenches, mainly on the defensive line. And um, I, I think, you know, a lot of these teams in the East, they did not make the proper moves to get better, especially the Cowboys. Giants are rebuilding. I think I think they're going to be better, but uh, I don't think they're going to they're going to compete for that division. And I'm with you, Trent. Yeah, I I like the Commanders this year. I really do. I I like Riverboat Ron. Uh, It seems like whenever they count him out, he has a really really good year. He kind of defies the the critics. So I think it's going to be close division. Uh, You know, Cowboys aren't going to be too far off, but I think it's going to be Washington, Dallas. I'm going to put the Giants in front of the Eagles. Maybe the Eagles finish last. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> Washington. Washington's going to win it. With Carson Wentz. Let's look at the odds. Carson right. Wentz. What are the odds on Bavada for Washington to win that division? Let's see. Yeah, go bet that. You thought, thought you burned money with the Niners. <laughs> Let's see. And Their it's... defense is bad, guys. Like, it's an overrated defense. Like, you can move the ball on them, you know? Like, Chase Young was kind of a bust. You know, he had, like, half a tackle in week seven when he went down. You know, like, the idea that they're this scary defense is more reputation than it is reality. You know, like, even the Giants scored 30 on them. They didn't score 30 on anyone last year. Looking for NFL futures. See if I can. Here we go. Super Bowl. Or they just had had the Super Bowl up there. I don't know if they have. No, here we go. Team totals. Uh, guys, keep talking while I try to find something. But it looks like it's going to be the Super Bowl. Let's see. Kim, but we got to buy time for this guy to look at the Washington division odds. <laughs> <laughs> Carson Wentz is their quarterback, guys. And that's why they're going to win it this year. <laughs> is Wentz going to be better than Taylor Heineke? I think so. But he's got to be better than Dak Prescott, not Taylor Heineke. Like, he's got to be better with Micah Parsons breathing down his neck, you know? Dak Prescott. Or the the eagle pass rush that gets after you. Let's see. You thought the Jaguars was bad? Wait till you see what Micah Parsons got for you. Washington right now is plus 475. Chase Young's going to – About 5 to 1. What are the Giants, like 20? 800 plus 800. 8 to 1? Yeah. Not bad at all. That's crazy. Philly's. You're only getting eight to one betting on the Giants when the NFC East. Yeah, Phillies. What are the five and Dallas is minus one thirty. Wait, Phillies what? Phillies plus three twenty-five. 
So three to one, five to one, eight to one. Interesting. So Vegas does think it'll be kind of close. Yeah, I think it's really close. It's gonna mm. reminds me of the AFC uh, North. I think it's gonna come down to the last game of the year. But I think Washington. All right. So here's my question for you, as a Giant fan, Chet: Will the Giants have a meaningful game in December this year? That is what, as a fan base, we would like. Yeah, I think so. I think one they, meaningful game in December. I said that the New York teams might push for a wild card spot, so you got to think, you know, maybe they're like December four games left. Maybe they're like six and seven, something like that. You know, I could see that. I could totally see that. That would be delightful. But we got to, you know, what we should do when the schedule comes out. We should have a uh, another pod updated, updated season <laughs> after the schedule comes. We out. should go. We should go week by week through the schedule. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. Take every game. Kyle's been four hours since it's over yet. <laughs> Sorry, honey. You don't sound like that. Um, so, yeah, we should definitely do a post-schedule because then we'll know who was drafted, who had a good draft. Obviously, we, we can recap the draft and then go through the, uh, the schedule to see uh, who got screwed over and who has a pretty easy road to the playoffs. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, I'm excited. Do you guys want to do a pod like during the draft? Not literally during the draft, but like, you know, maybe on. Oh, wait a minute! I would love to do one Thursday night during the top ten. We oh, we could do that. Yeah, that would be a blast because you'd get me and Campbell, and like I I will be as advertised because I am very fucking into that. Campbell, you in? Sure. Let's do it. Yes. Top ten pod. Yes. Joining Germany, we'll give you some live betting props. And I can't wait till the nine pick comes and goes, and then it says, "All right, Debo Samuel has been traded to the New England Patriots (laughs) for the twenty-four pick." (laughs) But what's worse? Yeah, the Jets got something like that coming to them. Yeah, well, what's worse, Debo getting traded to the Patriots or drafting Mike Nugent in the second round? Drafting Mike Nugent in the second round. Yeah, Mike Mike Nugent. (laughs) Bad. Like news, you know. We've so we've all been to. So I've been to two drafts. Canby, I guess you've been to three then, right? Yeah, I've been to three. You were at the Eli draft. That was the one I was not at. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was at the I was at the Rogers draft, and I was at the. That uh, was over. Demarcus Russell draft. Rogers was oh five. Yes, and Demarcus Russell was oh six. But I guess that was more the Mario Williams draft, right? So. Right, right. Reggie Bush. Yeah, that's where all the draft. That's where. That's where Texans fans were like outside fuming because they weren't getting Reggie Bush. <laughs> like, they were so pissed off. Isn't it crazy when you think a player is such a sure thing? And then, I mean, Reggie Bush had a decent career, but in no way did he live up to the number two overall pick hype. And what he was well, no, but you know, his career, I think, was maxed out with where he wound up going because Sean Payton basically invented a position for him, you know? Yeah, he probably It's basically been copied by Spoles and Kamara since. So Reggie Bush was kind of a trendsetter, but he needed that coach. Bush probably would have been. Would you consider Reggie Bush a bust? I don't think he's no. a bust, but no, he's not. He's a Super Bowl champ, ain't he? If he would have went anywhere else but New Orleans, he might have been a bust. Maybe, but he's definitely not a bust. I mean, he won ga- he won three games for him rookie year as a punt returner. So I mean, yeah, definitely not a bust. I mean, he helped them win games. You know, Eric Flowers is a bust. David Wilson's a bust. I still think Mar- Eli Apple is a bust. Mario Williams is definitely the right pick. Yeah, in terms of. Player, you know, career longevity. He had a good career. I think he was better than Reggie Bush. Yeah, yeah, no, he was. It wound up being a weaker top of the draft than people thought. 
You know, it wasn't a great year. Do you oh. know what that draft was? Campbell, that was the year the Browns fan came up to me and said, we got Joe Thomas and Brady Quinn. How you like them apples? And then stormed off. <laughs> great. Brady Quinn. Like, in my face. Like, we got Joe Thomas and Brady Quinn. And How you like them apples? And Joe Thomas retired early and Brady Quinn is working for CBS Sports. Yeah. So Joe Thomas was a great pick, though. I got to say. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's a jacket guy, ain't he? He's going to get a bust, isn't he? Like an eight-time All-Pro at left tackle? Yeah, he'll be in the running. Hello? Yeah. Yes, oh. Campbell, hi. Yeah, I fucking left. All right, so we're live streaming Thursday night, everyone. We'll see you then. All right, guy from Germany. Uh, two, we'll get this pot up by, by tonight, and then uh, we'll see it's you. Gonna, it's going to take a long time to upload. No, give me like uh, two hours. I'll do it. You got it. All right, I'll tell I got a lot of energy tonight. I just took uh, my I amino mean, acid. Good. I mean, does, does it upload yeah, in real time? That's going to take at least four hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. When we say top ten picks, are we really going to do ten picks in the first round and then just hang up and say, all right, see you next year? No, no, no. I'll, I'll happily, happily stay on the line for your cowboy heart, man. That's what I was going to say. Maybe we just go. Oh, away. absolutely. Yeah, no, we won't abandon you, chat. And we get, we can see how many picks we got right. Now, after 24, I can't. I have no promises. Yeah, no promises. <laughs> Once our teams are done. Good pod. Good update with everybody. Uh, this offseason is going to go faster than we originally thought. Uh, exciting time of the NFL season. So, we'll see you guys in a few days. Bye-bye. And the Mets are 14-5, and five, everybody. Have a good day. You too, guys. Thanks for being with us.